from Zero Here Podcast. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. What? I thought that's my job today. No. I want to do the intro. Let me just try it. I'm going to introduce my podcast, okay. and then you can do whatever you want. Okay. As I was saying, we're back at the Zero Here Podcast. I'm the host of the show, Denny Duma, and uh, tonight is going to be a fucking interesting evening, I think. I think so, too. Uh, we are calling this a fireside chat. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube... Uh, I live in a condo. We do not have open flame other than candles. So we've got six candles lighting up my coffee table and we're going to call it a fireside chat. Uh, my good friend, Alex D'Angelo, who's wearing a ridiculous sweatshirt, actually. It's an amazing sweatshirt. It's <laughs> go on YouTube right now. If you're not you watching like on YouTube, this, yeah. you at least need to go to the YouTube, uh, video. <laughs> at least just start it. So you see the setup that we've got going on tonight and you need to have a look at Alex's sweatshirt. Do you, do you want to try to describe it quickly? It's a black sweatshirt with white snowflakes all around. In the middle is a large, extremely, <laughs> extremely enthusiastic penguin with a Tottenham Spurs hat on. But the penguin is also standing on top of a soccer ball. <laughs> God, I love this. It's story. got rosy cheeks. Looks like it's probably out in the snow somewhere. Yeah, he's happy. He seems, seems to be excited about something. <clears throat> Alex, you got to uh, talk into the mic a little bit. Sorry, sorry. Can, how, how, how? So, I don't know what tonight is going to be like. I hope it goes well. Alex has spent uh, a little bit of time over the last few days connecting with some uh, Zero to Hear podcast guests who have been on the show, and he thought it would be a good idea to ask them all questions that they would like to ask me. I'm sure there's going to be some random. Alex D'Angelo questions thrown into the mix. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what way this uh, episode is going to go, but I'm looking forward to it, and I'm up for the challenge. We've got some scotch uh, sponsored by uh, Belvini, nice. who's one of my favorites. We've got a Doublewood aged 12 year, and uh, it's delicious. So uh, it's hard to beat a, what is it, Tuesday? It's a Tuesday. Tuesday evening. It's like nice, five o'clock. Yeah. Nice scotch in your hand. A couple candles. Sitting by the fire. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you would have told me a week ago, this is where I'd be right now. I would have said like, okay, probably not. <laughs> okay, Alex. Now you can introduce your show. Okay. I wanted to do your intro, but you've already done it and I don't want to do it again. No, let, let's pretend like we're starting over. Okay. I just want to see. Because I've actually you, worked on it a little I want to see what you've come up with. Okay. It's like, um... <laughs> It's like, welcome back to the Zero to Hear podcast. I'm your host, Denny Duma. We have here today, producer Carl. What up, Carl? Carl usually says something like, sup, Denny? He usually say something like, love the beard today, Carl. And he says, I love your beard too, Denny. You guys have that moment together. <laughs> and then you introduce your guest normally, whoever it may be. Um, <coughs> today, our guest is, ironically, the host, Denny Duma. Um, part of the reason we wanted to do this was because, or I wanted to do this, was as an avid listener, listen on my walks with my dogs every day. Whenever there's a new podcast come out, it's a great way for me to pass my time because walking the dog takes a long time. So I always find myself with questions because Denny asks the question and then I guess that's your job as the host. But I'm constantly wondering, well, what would Denny think about that? Is he mm -hmm. just quiet because he's listening or does he have thoughts? And so I kind of went over a couple of the podcasts and I came up with some questions that not only myself, but some of his guests, as well as some of his, of his fans, Ooh. yeah, have uh, connected with a couple fans, some of them from out of province, ironically. Interesting. All right. Questions that they may have. 
So, you want me to just jump right into it? Man, I'm, I'm super excited for this because I've been wanting to do this for so long and now it's like finally happening. Like, I feel like I'm like, I'm in, you know? This is your show, man. Fucking right. Okay. I'm going to try to control my swearing because just, for, just for the record, it's still my show. I'm it, just allowing Alex 100%. to have his moment of fame here. I feel like a champion right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to control the swearing because Burn's going to listen to it. That's my mother and she doesn't like when I swear. Burn? Don't do it, Denny. Don't. Do I it. fucking love you, Burn. No, I love you. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I fucking love you too, Burn. Okay. So let's jump right into it. The first thing I'm going to do, like you do with all your guests, your three words. Let's hear them. It, can, oh. it doesn't have to be words. It can be a short phrase or sentence. Fuck you, Alex. <laughs> you know what? I've actually never put any time thinking into this. Uh, I would say... I would say I'm enthusiastic. Uh, the reason I pick that word is because I find things that I really like and then I am like so extremely involved in them. Yeah, like OCD type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm like over the top excited about the things that I like. Like what we're doing right now, the 100%. podcast. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I would say competitive. Yeah, I would say that's definitely probably your defining feature. Oh, Okay. I don't know if it's my defining. Feature, I think, but I think it's. I think it's up there. I think it's in the top five anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I would say, unbelievably, I would love to pick a better word, but determined. Mm, driven, maybe. Yeah. Same thing. I I'd agree with all three of those. One that I've heard you speak about, especially more recently, and I think a goal for 2019. Mm -hmm. I know it's not one of your words, but it's something that I don't really associate with you. So I kind of wanted to ask you about it. Mm -hmm. Is empathetic. Yeah. Um, I think I'm getting a lot better at that, and I think it is something that I continue to strive to be more open-minded with, um, really just understanding different people's different situations mm -hmm. and understanding that I have zero context into their lives, so judging someone based on an action that they produce is a naive response. And so I'm trying to see bigger picture and understand that I don't know exactly what's going on in people's lives. And I want to be more understanding of their situations. It seems so, like a very human answer. Yeah. I don't think empathetic is in my top three currently. I want it to be long term. Mm, okay, cool. Um, it's something that I consciously think about on a day to day basis, but I know I can improve on. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, kind of, yeah. It's definitely not your strength, but I can tell it's something you're working on, which is awesome. It's something I don't actually have either. You know what? For the record, that seems like a cheap shot. I think I'm actually fairly, fairly good, and I hold myself to a, a very, very high standard. Um, I feel like I often will try to understand other people's situations, and <clears throat> maybe my reactions come across as arrogant or un. un unempathetic but I think that's because I'm speaking from my situation and not looking at it from another's yeah it makes sense do you know I'm gonna throw out little tidbits of information by the All way right, here we go um, <laughs> it's, I don't know if you're like it or hate it but the definition of a psychopath is someone who lacks empathy Hannibal Lecter for example hmm. Anyways, moving on. I actually, There's got to be more detail to that. Oh, I'm sure there is. I don't even know if that's a definition. real stat. I have no idea. This is what I've been told. I don't know. I've never researched it. There's uh, this really new thing out 
Google. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's called Google. <laughs> so you, can, you can look things up really quickly. <laughs> um, jumping from one of the words you just said, I'm actually going to jump way later in my notes. I want to talk about this later. But okay. you mentioned driven. You're correct. Okay, so one thing, we're actually going to start with a game. All right. Nice. See, you don't know what direction this is headed ever. Okay, so... I feel like you don't know what direction this is headed. Oh, dude, I'm just going with it. Um, so, you're, you are definitely driven. Like, anyone who knows you, either personally or professionally, knows you're driven. And I guess, like, natural drive, in air quotations, is that a motivation for you to, like, kill it professionally? Like, basically, the game is... I've come up with four reasons why people want to be successful. Okay. And one of them, I guess, can be um, like switched with the word driven. Okay. So I want you to rank these four things for you personally. In order? In order for you personally, what, uh, I guess, how you view your motivations to be successful or whatever. Is number one the most important or least important? Uh, the first one you name is the most important. Okay. So I've written down four. So one is obviously like most people think of work, they think of comp compensation. Okay. Let's say strictly financial. Okay. Number two, which also applies to you quite basically directly is uh, competitiveness. They just have something where they hate losing. They just always want to win. Um, is I think competitiveness should not be, people might try to drag it into other categories, but I think being genuinely competitive, it's its, its own little thing, okay? Okay. I think this one is probably the most fucked up one, but the third one is power. Some people want to be CEOs of mega companies yep, for power, that. and I think it's really, really weird. Mm -hmm. And number four is when you achieve a goal, apparently like dopamine is released in your brain. Like It's like a, a happiness from achievement of something you've wanted to do. So let's say you set a goal to run a, I don't know, six minute mile or something, just hypothetically, okay. and you do it you are happy because you've achieved the goal. So the excitement of achieving, how yeah. do you put that into a word? Excitement of achieving a goal? Yeah. Would it, yeah. I feel like it's like, okay, so the four categories are uh, money. Money, compensation, yeah. Competitiveness. Yeah. Something. Power. Oh yeah, power and... Uh, just achieving your goals. Okay. It's interesting that I forget about power because that is probably the least important to me. Um, I would say... Getting into self-employment, I have always wanted to work for myself. I got in because I thought there was opportunity to have a better life. I grew up very middle class, not poor at all by any means, not wealthy. Um, so the idea that the harder I work, the better I could do, the more money I could make was exciting to me. Um, five years into my career now, that is definitely less of a motivator. Okay, so originally it would have been compensation, but now it's I wouldn't say it was number one. I'd say, I'd say it was close to number one with competitiveness. I think competitiveness has always been my um, competitive advantage. If you look at that in terms of sport, in terms of um, business, and I relate com competitiveness to work ethic. Um, like I'm so competitive that I just figured out that the harder I work, the more competitive and better I could be. And so if I were to say today, it would be competitiveness number one, um, 
probably in the middle, and I don't know which ones to put them in, but number two and three would be compensation and... Um, Achieving your goals? Yeah, excitement for achieving goals. I do... I, I think uh, this is just a natural thing to think, but when you set goals that in your head are unrealistic and you achieve them, it's a pretty cool feeling. For me, it doesn't last that long, but mm. it's still a cool feeling that I do appreciate and I consciously think about, and power has never been important to me at all. So I'd put that as far down the list as it could go. The last is four. <clears throat> Even getting into <clears throat> real estate, I partnered up with Jamie. Um basically followed him around for a year, learned as much as I could possibly learn. And I had people ask me, do you feel like you're invisible? And the answer to me was no. I'm working for myself, even though like the way we had structured, or the way that it was least expensive for us to function as a, as a company was to write all deals under his name. So, like, according to the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver, I did zero deals in my first two years. I never knew that. Yeah. And so, like, some people have this, <clears throat> I guess it would be involved in power, is that they want name recognition. And that was never, ever important to me. And, yes, it's easy to look back and say that now, but, <clears throat> like, I said that all the way through. Um, obviously, we've built a business together that now has my name on the door, which, <clears throat> again, is not important to me. I... I see some advantages based on my knowledge in being a face for our business, but at the same time, I'm more excited about seeing other people who are joining the company who weren't or weren't doing as well on their own as they could do with us, and that is more rewarding to me than this idea of yeah, power. that is really cool. And you're totally right. I totally know what you mean. It's super neat to see that. <clears throat> it's almost like <clears throat> I don't want like people to th take this the wrong way, but it's almost like you're like growing a plant, you know? And you watch it grow and you watch it get better. From like it's like seeing the progression, mm -hmm. like little team members and how they grow. I think it's it's really cool because I think everyone can see how it happens. And it's like, really Gary V says. I know I, I love Gary V and I talk about him all the time, but he has so many good points. One point he says is if you're running a business you are working for your employees. Your employees aren't working for you. You are you are the one who needs to be working harder than anyone else for the employees. Of course, they're not going to work as hard as you. It's Correct. not their business. not their company, yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, you do love Gary Vee. I also love Gary Vee. I'm more just, skeptical of Gary Vee, but you, you, and you fucking live a lot of that shit too, like, and I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. So this, okay, cool. let's talk about this for a second. Uh-oh. Because... Maybe the way I articulate it is incorrect or un misunderstood. But the way that I talk about him is I feel like he has so much value to bring to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And the way that you bring it back to me is that I'm a like blindly obsessed with him. And that is so incorrect and it, I don't I really don't understand where that comes from. But literally I I feel like a lot of the points that he says are just so unbelievably like street smart and what's the word for like common sense common sense they're like they're literally common sense <laughs> yeah that's a good word for common but they're sense. so blindly like they're so so common sense that they're overlooked 
like things like giving a kid a ninth place trophy. Yeah. Yeah. How in any way is that going to benefit them? It's it in the the big scope. It's it's simply not, and everyone can knows it's, that. But in that moment, it's like temporary versus long term, right? Yeah, it's it's it's, anyway. it's it's gonna fuck up the kid. Anyways, with Gary Vee, I don't want to get too much into him because later when we get a bit more in depth, I do want to kind of come back to this because I have a few things I want to tie it into. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I think we should move on to. You always ask people to tell them kind of like their backstory. We kind of know your backstory. There's a couple voids in it, if if I'm completely honest. Okay. Um. So. What? What? <laughs> this is fucking hell. What? <laughs> is it the the, the fucking yeah. the candles? Right? It's I, so dumb, but it's hilarious. That's just funny. If okay, anyone's watching this on YouTube, it's gonna be I, good. guys listening. I know this is a bit choppy. It's not as smooth. No, yeah, it's not gonna be. <laughs> but I'm not a host. Can't Carl edit this time, shit? This is amazing. Okay, I'm sure this Carl is gonna be. This. Oh yeah, this is gonna be okay, a funny episode. Something I've noticed that you've never mentioned once. Okay. Even when you had Jordan Foss the co-owner of Steel and Oak Brewing Company on your podcast, how me and you almost wanted to start our own brewery. I did. You did mention that? Yeah. What? Did you listen to it? I listened to the whole thing. I never heard it once. One of the main, one of the biggest comments I made to him was, um, it's, I, I, I wanted to dig into the backstory. I wanted to find out exactly where the idea came from and what were the steps they took to actually make it happen. They did it. Because, <laughs> and I said, I said, you and millions and millions of other people have been sitting around or have been in a situation where they've been sitting around drinking beer which is great saying to their buddy holy shit we should start a brewery <laughs> yeah we and did I that said, and i was like i was one of those guys i did that we even like brainstormed names and logos and bullshit i know and the best part was like we really really enjoyed testing you know totally and we went I, maybe i didn't go into much detail but i did say that i was one of those millions that i brought up because i know everyone anyone who likes beer has talked about opening a brewery 100 percent. and we actually were like talking about it like we could do this but i'd never mentioned that we actually spent a couple weekends maybe just like cruising around <laughs> yeah. east vancouver going to different breweries and trying beer and just like trying to talk to the brewers and stuff and one of my favorites is storm oh my god storm. yeah that was so backwards it was <laughs> the unreal. guy at storm is such a beauty he yeah. just like lives in his own world like he's yeah and he's he's like a mad scientist of beer 100 percent. that's exactly what he is yeah we go there we're asking him questions and he's like this beer tastes like Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. We're like, what are you talking about? And we drank. We're like, holy shit. It tastes like fucking Thanksgiving. He's like, you see? Yeah, that was a great couple of weeks. Damn. That was great. So, yes, I did mention that. I, I think that's I... where the original challenge of the four growler challenge started. Mm. Okay. Are we, we're bringing this up now. Uh, do you want to do it right now? Because you said we want this to stand an hour. Because this is a big fucking challenge. This is huge. No, no, no. We're just gonna we're just gonna introduce it. It'll take two minutes, okay. just so people know what is coming up in the Zero Dope podcast. Okay. So, Alex, my friend Alex, who is hosting the show apparently tonight, <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he's been claiming for years. How many years has it been going? I think it started. I was a junior account manager at BMO, so it would have been 2013 or 2014. This has been going on for five years, and he still hasn't successfully done it, which is part of the reason that I don't think he can do it. So he thinks, he honestly thinks, guys, that he can drink four growlers of beer. So that is basically 20, almost eight liters of beer. It's 21 It's twenty-one cans, basically. Eight liters of beer in 12 hours. So <laughs> the on, basically the only rule we have is that he cannot throw up. That That's is the right. only rule. That's it. Oh, the, oh, sorry, there's two rules. One rule, he cannot throw up. Second rule, 
every beer has to be minimum 5%. He can't use this Coors Light bullshit that is like 3.6%. Every beer has to be at least 5%. But he can choose whatever beer he wants. It can be Pilsners, Lagers. It can be IPAs if he wants. It can be whatever he wants. Well, I can tell you right now, I'm going to stick pretty close to that 5%. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be double IPAs in that, in that mix. Um, so anyway, we've been talking about this for a while. It's going to for happen. Half a de- for half a decade, we've been talking about this. But seriously, in the last couple of months, it's going to happen. Uh, likely end of February when I get back from a trip or early March. And we're going to do a pregame and postgame interview on the podcast. Nice. Pre-game, likely Alex is going to be super high spirits. Yeah. He's going to be really excited, talking a lot of trash. Postgame, he's going to be really hungover because it's going to be the next morning. And, you know, he may have a glass of water. He may excuse himself during the podcast to relieve himself of what he did the <laughs> night before. Uh, but well it's going to be epic. <laughs> and we're going to Facebook Live, Instagram Live portions of it. Because I don't trust him at all, at all, and I will have to be with him for all 12 hours of the Gravel Challenge. So just so you know, like early on in, when we started talking about this, he was so confident. So And confident. in the last few months since we've been getting serious and trying to plan a date for the actual four Gravel Challenge, he's now bringing up a bunch of things like... Can I drink, you know, I'm going to drink water during and can I, have a nap? A, can I have as much food as I want and can I have a nap? So you can tell that the confidence that he had early on is diminishing quickly. Well, the thing is, like, as I get older with age, right, I realize I'm not 24 anymore. I'm not 23. It started like over half a decade ago. It started with us literally sitting there. I had a growl. I'm like, shit, I can drink four of these things. You're like, no, you can't. I'm like, yeah, I think I can. And you're like, no, you can't. <laughs> that's how this whole thing snowballed. Now there's like people placing bets on it. All of our friends know about it. Danny's the only one who thinks I can't do it. I'm like, that's eight. not true. Producer Carl also agrees that you cannot do it. Oh, Actually, shit. when I even brought up the competition to him, he started laughing. Really? Yeah. Carl did. Dude, it's a lot of beer. I know. Twelve but hours. I... I just feel like I don't. If, if it's not myself, it's like the spirit of the community of people who believe in this that will get me through it. It's like when a fat guy runs a marathon, I was like, go, 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 and he runs the fucking marathon. Do we even have a bet on it? No. I thought the bet was if you fin if you successfully do it, I pay for the four growlers. Okay. I think now at this point in our lives, the the price of four, the sixty bucks is very minimal. I think it's a lot to do with we like have something. Hey, we've been talking about this yeah. for six years, that's, man. That's true. Anyways, I don't... Sorry, I didn't... Anyways, let's get back to Alex's show here. Yes. But the Four Growler Challenge is coming. Keep an eye out for it. Show to my mom for supporting me and uh, being disappointed in me at the same time right now. I fucking love you, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to just love that. She's going to show it to my grandmother. She's going to be calling me. Be careful. Grammy, can we we touch on Grammy quickly? Sure. Alex has one of the most amazing, awesome, beautiful grandmothers of all time. She's just such a classic grandma. She, she's classic grandma. You know, and like... the the most classic grandma thing about her is that she has me on social media, and she probably doesn't have many. Like, how many followers? How many people does she? I don't follow? think there's 15? a lot. Maybe it's probably her family. Yeah, it's probably Paul and me. Yeah, there's very little. <laughs> and you. So every time I post a story, and I post a lot of stories, you guys, if you're following me, five a day probably. She honestly believes that it is a solo message to her <laughs> and it is the most amazingly 
a beautiful priceless <laughs> conversation like you were sending there. a text message yeah. she thinks you're directly messaging <laughs> her on her facebook and she's seeing this like oh denny's showing me a house in new westminster yeah. or denny's hiking up a mountain today which is super weird when you swear and shit she's like why would you say that to my grandmother but yeah she loves it she shows it to her friends at the retirement home it's great love grammy okay um <clears throat> okay let's go back to like how the podcast started because okay. Uh, from my perspective, we were having beers at Oscars, and uh, which is a pub, local pub, having some wings. And he said, one day you're like, you know what, man? I think I'm going to start a podcast. And I was like, hmm, interesting. It was literally seven days later. We sat down almost the exact same chairs. You're like, I'm starting a podcast. I bought all the equipment. I was like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> and then <laughs> it was less than a week later. We were at your apartment. And you're like, you want to hear something? It's my song for the podcast. You know how this thing starts? Da, da, da. I'm like, wow, he's going to actually start a podcast. I'm like, how do you know anything about this? You're like, not really, but Carl does. Yeah. I'm leaving <laughs> that guy. And now you have a podcast. Is that basically how it happened? Uh, I'd say I'd been thinking about it for a longer period of time than you mentioned. Maybe before I even brought it up with you. But I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it really started with, honestly, Lucas pushed me. Lucas said, make that, made that comment to me early in the year, and he said, how is it possible that I can get all the knowledge out of your head into my head? And that, That's a great question, actually. Right? So the other, well, there's a couple aspects. So that comment made, like, turned a switch for me in, in wanting to do it. Uh, I talk about the coffee meetings all the time in terms of like meeting one-on-one with new realtors or new mortgage brokers or whatever and just kind of like giving them my two cents on my first few years how to how to network how to who to align yourself with blah 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 in the industry and I those coffee meetings are time-consuming and having a podcast that hundreds and hopefully thousands of people can listen to on a weekly daily basis is a way to scale information and experience. And then the last thing was the way that I learn. I don't learn from reading. I have n- I, I was never into education. In yeah, school. we're going to get to that later too, so just chill. We know you oh, hate I education. I have a lot to say about that. Yeah. So, but the way I learn is talking to people and uh, hearing about their experiences and what goes through their head as they're going through negative situations and how how they overcome challenges and adversity in their careers so one like it's educational for me but at the same time it was an it was an opportunity f- i saw a big opportunity to scale knowledge experience information in myself and guests that i bring on the show yeah so i think it started before i actually brought it up to you in my head yeah good because for me I it just, turned around in like two weeks i, was like, I just didn't hell? know how to do it yeah. So once I figured out how to do it, and um, a friend, Mike Chung, who had a podcast, had me on. And so that was my first experience, and I, like, loved the experience. Yeah. It was just, like, an hour and a half conversation. It's pleasant. About anything and everything. And I like that there's no guidelines, and I like that I can make it exactly what I want it to be. And uh, here we are now on episode 20-whatever, five in two and a half months. Episode 25, and the first time that you are your own guest on your own show. Nice. I love it. Cool, man. Um, <laughs> I'm just, like, so stoked to be here right now. Shit. Um, moving on to a question from young Stephen Ennis. 
Here we go. My Steve business. Steve Ennis has been on the podcast twice. Yeah, this is my business partner. Steve is such a good guy. Great guy. Good friend of Denny's. My business partner. Phenomenal man. Um, I think I know why he asked this question because I'm pretty sure he absolutely nailed it. But he says, "What are your top three moments that you've had on your podcast so far?" Oh my god! And I know it's hard to do. That is tough. I know. I, I know what my, mine are. Like I've got like the top five. Like bang, bang, bang. Oh man. It can be it can be either things that entertained you or things that made you think, and you don't have to rank them. It doesn't have to be like one, two, three. It can just be like three great moments. It doesn't have to be a top three. Just three great moments. Three things that come to mind. Um, <clears throat> honestly, for me, just because of my love of craft beer, I'd say Jordan Foss is up there, and it's hard to pick a specific thing. But like, I love the craft beer industry. I love how creative the beers can get. And so talking to someone who is so passionate about the, like, literally the ingredients and, yeah. like, how something is made so specifically is really cool. What did you say earlier about Jordan's? Jordan? Like, I, were, like he had some really good, yeah, he, like, comments that were just hilarious. He did. Th the thing about Jordan that surprised me the most, if you haven't listened to Jordan's podcast yet, I suggest listening to it. I thought this was a dude that made beer. <laughs> And this dude is switched on, man. Yeah. He is he's so a, switched yeah, on. He's, like, he's a businessman. He's not a beer maker. This is a business owner. Like, he's very, very you know smart. What? One of the best, you know, one of the good things about Jordan, or one of, like, the th reasons that he's been very successful in the last few years with Steel and Oak is that he just, he treats people so well. Yeah. And I, like, I've been watching Steel and Oak, of course, since the beginning, since 2013. And he's, like, a great example for anyone who's running a business. Um, or as a manager in a business, just like how to treat people. And it's cool to see how well it's gone. Um, so Jordan, it's hard to pick specific moments, man. Jordan's one of them for sure. So Jordan um, talking about beer, there's a moment. Boom. Yeah. I like how he just, said he couldn't even pronounce some of his own beer's names. I thought that was funny. Totally. He's like, I made the name. I don't even know how to say the name. Totally. Uh... <laughs> I'd say the craziest, most fearless story on the podcast so far has been Tegan's. She literally went from being like top prospect in hockey, yeah, in women's hockey in North America, having scholarships to some big D1 schools, tearing her ACL twice, going away because she was upset that she tore her ACL twice and couldn't play hockey anymore. <laughs> figuring out that she liked biking coming yeah, home from like the trip never and calling that. team canada and being like hey i, I yeah i want to be on the team <laughs> do you remember after you filmed that podcast we were sitting together and you're telling me about this i'm like what do you mean like does team canada even have a phone number i know you can't just call 1-800 team canada like what is it i don't know hey i want to be on your team yeah well i wish i knew shit i'd apply for everything bowling team boom darts okay boom. but even more impressive is that she had the balls to do that oh yeah but then a year later, she goes to this national tournament. I know, it's incredible. And medals in three races and is now on Team Canada. Those are two really She's like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Love that. Uh, my cousin, uh, Danielle Kettlewell, is a really cool story because I know it sounds bad to say, but I, I, like, I, did, I don't know her that well. I have a shit ton of cousins. Yeah, you do. But getting having this platform and getting the opportunity to talk to people like like her and hear the detail of her story and she's like a similar character to Tegan in the way that like her career and she realized in synchronized swimming that 
she wasn't really going to go anywhere with it. And she had a crazy concussion. And one of her friends is just like, hey, we have uh, Australian citizenship. Let's uh, let's go try out for the Australian team. <laughs> and she's crazy. like, I'm not even a good swimmer in Canada, <laughs> in BC. Oh, man. How am I going to make a national team and go to the Olympics? And then like to put in the work for years and make the team and go to the Olympics is a really cool story. Just how... I don't know how emotional it was for walking into the, into the um, opening ceremonies. It was a really cool story. Uh, who else? Like, man. I know there's been one so of the most memorable things from the whole podcast, and this was early on, was Steve Ennis's story about getting robbed. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> if you haven't listened to Steve Ennis's first podcast, it's early in the podcast. He talks about like his very first days of. <sighs> Being a uh, teller, or whatever you call it, customer service person <laughs> at, at, I can't even remember what. Dude, he was at, he was at HSBC. At HSBC. And one of his very first clients oh. by himself <laughs> is this dude really high on drugs that hands him a note that's illegible. And he like is skimming through this thing and he's like, oh, great, he's got a note. He's going to tell me exactly what to do. The thing, with, <laughs> the thing that's great about Steve is like, you know him really well. He's super, like, if you ask him anything, he'll never respond with emotions. Mm. Always very logical, right? And hearing mm. the story of a young man being robbed yeah. from a logical perspective, yeah. the first thing I noticed was how uh, bloodshot his eyes were. It's like, what the hell? Man, someday, I, I probably listen to that story 20 times. Mm. I'm having bad days. I know exactly where it is on your podcast. I listen to it. I laugh my ass off at Steve because it's so funny. Yeah. I agree. That's totally one of the best. Like, I love that story. But at the same time, like, one of the most educational and eye-opening podcasts for me was last week with Megan. 100%. Just, like, <clears throat> opening my eyes to trying to understand a world that I have never personally been involved in. Um, I don't know. But, like, it's really cool, actually, to hear people that have been listening from the beginning that have listened to a lot of them and have commented and made comments to me, whether through Instagram or person, like, um, person face to face, how good the quality of guests that I've had on is. 100%. And that, I think that goes across the board. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to pick specific moments from, from someone who listened to all your podcasts. Yeah. I know a couple of weeks ago I said to you that, um, I was walking. I remember this. I was saying that how, a lot of these like powerhouse guests you have, mm -hmm. like we're talking about business owners, we're talking about top athletes, mm -hmm. we're talking about people who are super, super driven to be successful. And I was, I was naming some, uh, I guess, attributes they all have the same. Mm -hmm. And then when I actually listened to Megan's podcast this morning, and I wrote some notes when I was listening to it, um, that was a completely like, as she would say, pivot from what we're with the direction well played thank you very much um <laughs> from the direction that your normal podcast goes because normally yeah. it's people who are just like fucking crushing shit and then it's her like someone who uh struggles with mental illness and like i was sitting there like thinking so hard because it, it made me reevaluate all these things and she talks about i think preconceived notions a lot or like i guess like societal norms mm -hmm. i'm like why do i yeah i guess i do feel like that honestly it, like one of the most peculiar but like interesting things that I learned from connecting with her and I didn't know her before she's uh Carl's girlfriend's cousin so just like we got connected through the podcast basically <clears throat> one of the most interesting things about her is like I feel like we me and her have a lot of similar qualities like, really I do she's super self-aware 
in the last couple of years, I feel like I'm super self-aware. I know who I am and I know what I want to do. Um, I think she has a lot of confidence. Maybe it's a different form of confidence than mine, but I think she has a lot of confidence in order to be super open and vulnerable about her experience. I know a lot of <clears throat> people who are maybe battling with some mental illness who are really insecure and closed off because they're almost intimidated to sh they're almost embarrassed but like intimidated to share their story mm -hmm. so that really impressed me I, I don't know I just um, I yep. think I think there's small <clears throat> things in different people that can push them in very different directions whereas I don't I, I feel like we had a, a few very similar characteristics that allowed us to have a really good conversation i think it was it was probably maybe my favorite so far um it was the most educational for most me. for me too as well yeah. because like i like we are both surrounded mm. with people who are like us all the time mm. guys like sean and lucas adam steve like these guys are they're, they're just like us like super driven young entrepreneurs let's do it and there was a couple things i wrote down about megan's podcast that i want to ask you about okay one of them First of all, if anyone hasn't listened to Megan's podcast, it's listen. It's, I know it's, it's really it's good. Super, super good. Yeah. Um, she's just like so knowledgeable in 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 that world. I, I think part of the reason we like it so much is because it's so foreign to us. Yeah. Just like how she's like one of the biggest fans of your podcast, she has a fucking notebook. It's because it's so foreign to her, right? The way that you think about things. Yeah. Um, the first thing I noticed was uh, when you were talking about. Like anyone who knows you knows you really at this point in your life don't actually care what people think. And when listening to her response to that was like this is I don't want to quote her and misquote her, but like admiration. That is so amazing. That is so incredible. And I'm walking, I'm thinking, yeah, well someone who like self-admittedly cares a lot of what other people think, of course they're gonna respect that. And then I thought, holy shit, I respect like even I don't have what you have, the ability to not care what other people think. Mm. I think that's like one of the one in a million things. Like like that is one in a million that that's going to happen. Is there a question? <laughs> How the fuck do you do that? <clears throat> I've, and it's, re it's fairly re like I was always one-sided. I was always on this side, but there, as a kid playing sports, you're always getting judged by people, especially like the way that my competitive athletic background came up I was always playing against older people so I was always being judged against someone who is taller and faster and stronger than me so I understood that in that environment it mattered what other people thought of you a coach could cut you from a team whatever but I figured out that no matter what other people say about me it's it, it it's detrimental to me to let it affect me so I look at it almost the other way around and people see this as negative and I'm okay with that because to me it's ultra positive is that if I allow people to make it if I if I listen to what people are saying about me or if I listen to negativity around the podcast I've had lots of people tell me it's a stupid idea uh, really I, yeah I, those guys I've had people tell me real estate was a stupid idea when I got into the, into it did I do that nope good um, if I allow, I see no positive outcome in listening to what other people have to say about me. I would rather 
go my own path, do what I think is correct, and fail, learn from that, and move on, than allow someone to dictate my action. Okay. So it really, it almost... The not caring about what other people think is almost me putting it in reverse and saying, if I think about what other people think about me, if I take that into account, there's no positive outcome for me. Okay. I understand what you're saying. I totally get that. That was confusing as fuck. But to me, in my head, it makes sense. Yeah, your head. You say it all the time. You're fucked up. It makes sense. People are like, no, you're not fucked up. I think you're fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking to my friend Alicia about this the other day, and she was saying how people love motivational... Do you know her? You don't know her, no. Okay. Uh, How people love, like, the motivational quotes, Mm. and people really, really like them, and they post them, and they're really passionate. They have them above their boards at home, but they don't live the quotes. Mm -hmm. But you... I, I, like I understand why you want to think like that. I think my question is more: How do you accomplish this, or is it not even something you can learn to do? To not genuinely care people, because if you don't care, people think you are genuinely unstoppable. You just you're like a <clears throat> fucking great white shark. You're the king of the ocean. I I always say that, and you've heard me say this a billion times, man. Is that I don't like the alternative. Yeah, you do say that a lot, right? If like what I just said, if I allow other people's comments to affect me, I'm not going to get to where I want to get. Nothing I understand, and Gary V fucking talks about this all the time, and I love it. Accountability, put it on a pedestal. Take accountability for every single action you have. If you blame people, like he talks about this all the time, if you are an employee and you blame your boss for something, you have a shitty boss or your teacher in college was shitty. So that's why you're not good at your job or whatever. You're never going to win. Like you're never, ever going to get over it. You're always going to be blaming someone. If you take accountability and be like, especially when you're running a business, he says this all the time. Is that like, if he always uses Sally for some reason, maybe he has a really poor performing Sally at his company. I, I think we can all picture the Sally in our head, right? Like, <laughs> but she always says, like, like a... if Sally fucks up, it's my fault. I hired Sally. Like, if Sally is a terrible human being and has a negative influence on our office and brings our culture down, it's my fault. I hired Sally. And I, I just think that is the ultra best way to look at life is that everything is in my control. I put myself in a situation. If I don't like the outcome... I need to live with the repercussions of that. So how do I think about it? I don't like the alternative. That's what I think about in my head. Wow, that's that's super powerful. I I wish that, I think I'm like 80% of the way there. But like that extra 20% is like really a big 20%. If you can consciously think about the alternative though, like if, like, for example. Here we go. Um... I started the... <laughs> Sorry, my mom just texted me. I just, just want to make sure it's not an emergency. Burn. Burn. Can you keep quiet right now? Jesus, Burn. To... Listen, if you're listening to this podcast, burn, burn. God damn it, Burn. Jeez. We should be Instagram living so she can just watch along. And She'd be so upset with our yeah, swearing. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Uh, when I started the podcast, someone said to me, Really? Like, are you, are you trying to become a celebrity? Was that me? No. Yes. And like, if I think, if I take that into consideration, I'm like, Hmm, are people who run podcasts celebrities? The people that I listen to are because they're like top 10 podcasts in the world, like Gary Vee and Dak Shepard and 
Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss. Like, they're phenomenal podcasts, and they're celebrities because they have phenomenal podcasts. No, that is not what I'm trying to do, nor is that really a goal of mine ever. Um, I don't even know where the fuck I'm going with this tangent. What was the question? <laughs> I think the question started with how to not genu- genuinely care what people think. Mm. <laughs> went down a fucking... Oh, okay, but... So I'm looking at the alternative. So if someone says, are you... Are you trying to become a celebrity by starting a podcast? No. My intention in my head is good. I want to share my experience. I want to scale educate myself by communicating with people that I admire, people that I value what they've done in their business or personal lives. And I think it, that experience and those conversations can be valuable to a lot of people. So that was the reason for starting the podcast is to scale experience and value for a lot of people okay that is why i got into it Makes if sense. i allow someone to say well, what are you trying to become a celebrity like just trying to get famous with a podcast if i second guess myself and think oh maybe no I'm, I'm not trying to become a celebrity so maybe i shouldn't do this because according to that person that is the route i'm taking Dude, I totally know what you mean. Remember when you told me that I have to be more active on social media and be better at it? I never said you have to be more active. I said, for the things that you want to do, I think there is a lot of value in providing information for people on social media. Correct. I never said be more active. You're right. Sorry. What he just said, that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) So I was doing like I was starting to get active I did some stories and like everyone's like loving this shit they're loving it. I'm getting messages like you rock do this let's write some mortgages let's help each other love it and one person out of nowhere is like you should never talk to the camera on social media do you remember me telling you about this no I don't think you ever did but can I make a comment you don't give a shit what the fuck they say I'm guessing no but what is your intent so you have to come up with why are you doing something you're not posting on social you're like You're not posting on social media just because every day, in my opinion. A lot of people do, just because it's there and they feel like they want likes and whatever. That is not important to me. The important part to me is to share my journey because I think there's some value in it and some value in what I've learned. But what is your intent? Like, how are you going to help people? Mm. So... Looking at comments, and I've had lots of positive, which are like super humbling and super exciting and continue to push me forward all the time, but I've had negative ones too. And the negative ones don't affect me because the person that is making those comments to me, the people that are making those comments to me, aren't fully understanding my intent. So in my head, my intent is good, and I'm going to keep going on that path. So why do I give a fuck about what someone else says? Yeah, man. If in my head the intent is good. It just reminds me of that guy you had on your podcast who was talking about the airport reviews. Like some people just want Jordan to be naked. Schilder, Jordan yeah. Schultz, yeah. Oh, he's such he's a like, good dude. Who the hell reviews an airport because the lines are like, who goes on Google and writes a review? Uh, a story that I, I kind of heard about it is like someone, uh, they're a guitar teacher, they want to do guitar lessons. And if you want a guitar lesson, you can go knock on the door and get a guitar lesson. But social media sometimes is turning to people knocking on the door, being opening the door. I don't want guitar lessons and slamming the door. Like just fucking walk by. You don't have to express that you don't believe in this or you don't want this. 
it just it doesn't help anyone. Just negative. One of the, uh, to bring up Jordan Sheldon, one of the really cool things he said, which is so valuable, I think, um, on social media, he works with a lot of what well, one of his big industries that he works with in terms of uh, like online marketing is real estate, real estate brokerages, but also some individual agents. And he said the biggest way that people in the real estate industry, brokerages in the real estate industry fail on social media is that every post is look at me marketing. Look at me, look at me. Look at what I just sold. Look at what I just listed. Look at what I'm doing. Whereas the people that are winning, the people that are growing followings, the people that are adding value to people are the people that are going to win long term. I agree with that. And that's the approach that I've taken on on social media is more like show my personality, show what I'm doing, show what's important to me, show my experiences that may be able to provide value to people rather than look at another sale. Like, sure, we sell a lot of real estate. It would be easy for every fucking post of mine to be a sold. (laughs) Yeah. But how is that providing any value? How is that that explaining who I am as a person? There's a lot of things that I don't see on your social media. For example, your name's Denny. Like the restaurant. I've never seen a Starbucks cup with your name spelled wrong. I've never seen it. Seems like it's always spelled wrong. I know. I know it is, Denny. That's my point. <laughs> Everyone else in the world, like You know why though? Okay, so this is a great story actually. I did post one of those like six months ago maybe. And it's never well, I'd say not never, not never. I'd say eighty percent of the time when I get a drink that needs a name spelt on it. It's spelt incorrectly. It's D E N I. It's D E N Y. It's I don't know any variation. Of that. Is it ever D E N I S? No. Okay. Ever. I think if I said, maybe I said Denis. Maybe yeah. Maybe they. But whatever. I'm looking for D E N and Y. But and it's maybe one out of five that is spelled correctly. Anyway, I rarely order drinks that need names spelled on them. Like, mm. I just enjoy coffee. Me too. Black coffee. This Me is too. maybe something that people don't know. So this is a good little tidbit. I love coffee. I probably drink... I don't drink a ton. I maybe drink two cups a day. One one to two cups a day. But I love coffee, and I rarely put anything in it. Once a month, maybe I'll have a cappuccino or a latte just because I want something different. But it's mostly just black coffee, and they just hand it to you over the counter, and they don't spell anything. Yeah, it's just like how you take your whiskey. Like, you don't put anything in it. It's just like, you like to enjoy what it is. 100%. Like you had Scotty Wolf on last night on your podcast. God. That guy fucking loves okay. whiskey. So, going back to your question about top three moments on the podcast, I would, just because of how entertaining this guy is, like, you know those DeSecchi's commercials? Yeah. What, the most interesting man in the world? Could be Scotty Wolf. I would argue Scotty Wolf should be in that conversation. I know, he's a fucking phenom that guy he just he's done so many things that by looking at him i know you would never think he's done i know dude that's my god brother i look at him sometimes i'm like shit you trained the kansas city chiefs your professional oyster shucker like one of the smartest dudes i've ever met but he loves to listen to records drink whiskeys and smoke cigars like one of the okay one he's of, like fucking winston churchill this guy i respect the fuck out of gymnastics and i love watching it I don't know if this is weird or not, but I love watching at Olympics. Like, oh, I will plan my day around watching gymnastics. No events. way. I'm not joking at all. Really? Like, yeah. Wow. And honestly, the women are more impressive than the men to me. Yeah, they're very flexible. So impressive. Yeah. They're athletes. Small, the definition of athletes. Small yeah. humans yeah. that are just 
like ridiculously athletic. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so one of the comments he made on the podcast a couple nights or last night was, uh, <laughs> sorry, will his podcast come out before this one does? Correct. Okay, good. You need to listen to Scotty's if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh, <laughs> he said, gymnastics is by far a harder sport than football, American football. Okay. And this is a guy who worked with the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. He said that? He said that. What a... Multiple times. And I did not disagree with him. I said, I fucking love watching gymnastics. I know that I could not do any of the maneuvers that they're doing. (laughs) And I feel like in Canada, I'm a pretty athletic guy. Yeah. I, I played football in high school and I was fairly good at it. But I could not do like anyway. Let's move on. Scotty Wolf, listen to his podcast. He's a fucking okay. Talking about growing up playing American football, basketball, Mm -hmm. soccer, soccer, baseball, baseball. I've always found it interesting that someone like you who's so athletic and you grew up in Canada, which is like, have you ever been outside of like smaller towns in Canada? They love ice hockey. They are obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. You never give a shit about ice hockey. My family didn't play for some reason. And you're a product of your environment, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, Vinny, my older brother, played ice hockey. I'm making this up. I'm just guessing. Maybe for three seasons or something like that. Really? When he was a kid. And I don't know if he didn't like it or... I I know in high school he played football and basketball, so maybe just the seasons intertwined so they he couldn't play both. So he picked football over hockey. But it just wasn't in my family culture for some reason. Before I met you, I'd never met a white... Canadian boy who played basketball. <laughs> we're, we, they played, but they okay, weren't any fucking good at it. That is such a ridiculous comment. No, I'm serious. Name one person we've known that's good at basketball. That has played basketball no, in no, high school? No, that is good at basketball in high school. Like, like, like someone who well, can, I can like, name I can name dozens because I played all of them in high school. I know, but like for me growing up in North Burnaby, like no one played, no one was good at basketball. Like everyone likes playing basketball. It's, it's all small Italian people in Burnaby. Yeah. Sorry, that that is really discriminatory and but slightly slightly accurate. I'm, <laughs> I'm a small Italian man. I can say this. Um, yeah, nice. I can say this. Um, so why? Uh, yeah, like how 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 did you, you get into basketball? And to be that good at Honestly, basketball, probably because I had two older brothers. So I had two older brothers that are ten and nine years older than me. Grew up. You got to remember that, like, when I'm forming my opinions in life between like the ages of four and ten. <laughs> my brothers are 10 years older than me. So when I'm four and I can actually talk and think for myself, nice. my brothers are in high school playing basketball and I'm, I'm going to all the games. I'm watching all the games and thinking this is the most incredible sporting event of all time, right? Yeah. I'm four. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal, man. These, my brother's in grade 10. That's unreal. And there's like probably 35 people watching a game and I'm thinking this is, this is big leagues. Yeah, right? 100%, man. So I don't know. Maybe it was that, but I just... That is awesome. From are your brothers age. competitive just like you or no? Uh, like, are they like athletes? different. So Tim, okay, this is real, this is going to be great. Uh, <laughs> Should Tim plug his ears? And if you're at the end, I have one, one star. Yeah, they're both very competitive. Uh, Tim played university football, played, in, uh, played at SFU. He probably would have played in the CFL uh, as a corner. He was a really good corner if he didn't have so many fucking concussions. He had seven concussions. No shit. And so after the seventh one, his doctor told him that he should quit playing football because if he has another concussion, he could have permanent brain damage. <laughs> so at that point, he's like... That's not funny. First of all, we're not laughing at that. No, it's not that funny, but it's funny that it, it's just interesting that it gets to that point. Anyway, because he was, he was a pretty good football player. 
but very competitive guy. Ran, just obviously more. ran with his head down a little bit because seven concussions. Oh, that's yeah. a lot, man. He went head first into every single tackle. Yeah. Uh, again, this is me watching someone play football. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Five that. or six or seven years old, right? And he's in what first university? I'm ten or nine, and watching my SFU games and thinking like this is the big leagues and see, yeah. Maybe that's why I wanted to play football too, because of watching him. But Vinny, oh man, Vinny is not going to like me for saying this, but Vinny's an emotional guy. Yeah, he is. He's competitive, but he's emotionally competitive. So it it works to his. I, I would use the word sensitive. What I'm trying to say is that, like, often, I wouldn't say, maybe, maybe not often. Some competitive people use it to their advantage. Other competitive people use it to their detriment. And you think Vinny used it to his detriment? I think Vinny's on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> okay, this whole He's, thing... Can I use an example, please? Yeah. So, Vinny and Tim, they were a year apart. They went to STM, played basketball together, played football together. There's a tournament every year called the BC Catholics. It's all the Catholic schools. I think there's only 12 Catholic schools in BC. 11 or 12. Anyway... All of them go to this tournament at Holy Cross every year. I can't remember. The, like, again, I was seven years old. I, I But I do remember the punch. <laughs> yes. What punch? Yes, there was a punch. So, Hopefully I he didn't punch Tim because Tim's on his last fucking leg here. <laughs> no, this might have been one of the first few concussions. So Vinny is arguing with ref at halftime of a Catholics game. I think it was probably it was one of the it was the final or semifinal or something. Vinny's arguing with the ref. Tim is pulling Vinny into the dressing room to get him away from the ref because he doesn't want to get him a tea. Vinny turns around and is very upset that Tim is pulling him away. Vinny takes a swing and punches Tim in the face. No shit. Yeah. His older brother? Yeah. Oh. So they're on the same... You have to remember they're on the same team. <laughs> Vinny swings at Tim. Both get teased. <laughs> Both get technical fouls, which is a halftime. And you're so saying there's a kid watching this. Oh, uh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm... What, well, seven, ladies and gentlemen, I think seven? it's pretty clear to understand where his competitiveness came from. <laughs> <laughs> we had to dig... When one brother is trying to knock the other unconscious, <laughs> you could probably say they have a competitive family. You know, Danny, this whole thing started with social media. Okay. And it leads me on to my next point. Um, this is something I actually just thought of today for the first time. All right. It's kind of an eye-opener. And there's there's a pun in that. Okay. Because you're going to see what I'm about to say. All right. It seems like you you sleep very little. Do you Did you train your... Because, like... That's I, not correct. I see you posting at 6 a.m. in the morning when you're running or 7 a.m. And I see you posting what you've done during the day at, like... Midnight, and I'm seeing this all when I wake up at, let's say I wake up at 6.30. I'm like, shit, man, this guy was up till 12. I was up till 10. He was up at 6. I'm up at 6.30. Did you, because I know Gary Vee, who you absolutely love, talks yeah. about training sleep, right? I think, so first comment is, I think it's different for everyone. I think you have to figure out what your body needs and who you are. <clears throat> and then build a game plan around that. So... It's different, and in the last year, I'd say it's changed, and I'm more aware of sleep. In the first, let's say, probably three years of real estate, I was just unwilling to sacrifice anything for work. Work was priority. Is that how you got fat? Uh, that's how I got fat. That's how I am now getting divorced. <laughs> And <laughs> I was laughing. I was just saying, no, it's not a joke. It, it's, it, but it's it's true. I was unwilling to sacrifice, and 
I knew this going in and I felt like I was pretty open going in, but getting into the career, I knew that I had to work harder than anyone to be good and I was unwilling to sacrifice. So a, a normal day in my first three years was like 6.30 a.m. to 2.33 a.m. And it was work all day. Every How many day. days a week would that be? Seven. Really? Yeah. Wow. Let's say like Saturdays and Sundays are different. They're more maybe like working from nine to six or seven. But every week is different in terms of contracts. Again, I got in at a really interesting time in real estate in Greater Vancouver, mm -hmm. 2014. It was a slower market. It was a normal market that I was given the opportunity to learn a shit ton in a short period of time before the craziness of 2016-17. So 2014 was a learning curve. Did as much as I could as, as possible to learn. That's when you started? 2014, March 2014. Huh. 2015, do you remember this? Going uh, into 2015, do you remember what I told you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to do 43 deals. I said, hey, Danny, we were in my parents' basement. I was living with my parents at the time. Mm -hmm. Must have been, no, because I bought my place in 2014. Yeah. And I said, Danny, it's important that you set realistic expectations. And that came back to bite me in the ass so fucking hard because mm -hmm. I was like, and you can't do 43 deals. And you're like, did 117, bitch? I was like, whoa, damn. No, 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 I didn't do 117. Wasn't it? Didn't you so, do... I remember details like this very clearly. I don't. I told me it's all just a flashback. I told Alex there. my goal was to do 40. So year one, which was like eight months, because I got my license in end of March, did 17 deals from end of March to end of December, which was higher than I thought. I wanted to do one a month, which was eight, because I had eight months. Did double, which was amazing. Uh, year two, I thought I knew what I was doing. No, I I had learned a shit ton. Going into the real estate, I knew nothing, and I was intimidated as fuck. But I learned so much in those eight months because I did 17 deals, but I saw 60 because I saw everything that Jamie did. I saw every negotiation that he did. I saw every like a lot of conversations that he had with clients. So I felt like I had... I had learned a lot more than what I had actually done. And year two, I, Alex, <laughs> we had this conversation. I told him that I was going to do 40. And I did 76. That's right. Sorry, 76. Double. Yeah, yeah. It was the year after you did 113, right? Uh, the year after, I just count them as a team now, but we did like 150. And maybe personally, I did about 100. Yeah, I remember me, I, I do remember me saying, like, hey, man, don't, you know, Reach for the stars, reach for the moon, because at least you, you get said there. set realistic goals. Yeah, and I told you to fuck off. You did. Yep. Yeah, and I, I, I did. I did fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> like my goals for when I like when I left my job at the bank to become a mortgage broker were much more attainable. Like, hey, I want to do this amount of funded deals this year. You're like, mm. I want to do forty deals second year. And what was the average for a realtor? Like seven or eight in their a okay. Year? So that that's a tricky question. Because there's a lot of stats involved in that. So, one stat. 15,000 plus realtors in Greater Vancouver. Only about half of them actually successfully do a deal per year. So, let's say roughly 7,500. Out of that 7,500, so not including the 7,500 that are licensed but don't do any deals. So, the 7,500 that do a deal, the average is about 6 to 7. Wow. That's the average. To make the top 10%, you're doing about 20, low 20s to mid 20s, 25, let's say. 
to make the top 1%, you're doing about uh, low 50s. So when you did 100 deals a year, you just <clears throat> basically just knocked it out of the park? Is that right? Uh, again. You so don't have to be modest, Danny. This is my show. Oh, sorry. This is your show. You should be modest. Okay, well, ask more specific questions. Sorry. No. So to put it in perspective, last year we did... In the last three years, we've sold 300 million. We sold 150 something properties in 2016, 163 in 2017, 120 in 2018, which is a weird down year, but felt like we still had a fairly good year. And that puts us, well, last year we were number 13 in Greater Vancouver. And is, actually, it's not important, but is it done by size? Like, some, for example, some teams might have 40 agents? No. So a, a team is anything over two agents. So it's two or more. So, But if a team has 40 agents and they're in 12th place and you guys have six agents and you're in 13th place? It doesn't matter. So you're either an individual, you're either Alex D'Angelo or you're Alex D'Angelo team. That's it. Do you know that's not how you pronounce my last name? Just out of curiosity. Alex D'Angelo. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Okay, let's move on. Can we uh, refer to another question from one of your recent guests? Okay. Liam. Yeah. Okay. I love Liam's podcast. If you because... guys haven't listened to Liam's podcast, you need to listen to Liam's podcast because he's one of the most beautiful humans of all time. Amazing. He's such a good guy. That's the thing. That's the thing. You see Liam and you see him as, like me, I knew him as a professional, another realtor that I would work with as a mortgage broker. I knew I went for coffees with them and I hung out, went for beers with them and didn't to hear when he went on your podcast and him talking about stints of depression and shit. I'm like, this is like the most charismatic yeah. fucking dude I've ever met in my life. He's like, he looks like a wall, right? Like, like this guy's a wall. And then he said like, yeah, like I went to Mexico and blew like $18,000 USD on champagne. I'm like, what? Really? I couldn't believe it. That's one of the interesting things about mental health and mental illness. We didn't really actually get into this type of detail with Megan, but like how, how disguised it can be, right? Like with someone like Liam, like such a good guy anytime he's in a social situation he's the life of the party like he's so easy to talk to it's very Irish yeah so like an outsider who if you've just met him a few times you would never ever never understand how someone like that could be suffering internally I didn't anyways I'm gonna get to his question but I do love Liam Liam shout out to you buddy um so his exact wording to me was what tool do you use for apathy, that's your strongest. I guess what tool for apathy is your strongest tool? Can you define apathy? Yeah, I did because I Googled it because I didn't know what the fuck it meant. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, apathy is basically, <laughs> it's funny how we both thought that. Like, what the <laughs> hell does that mean? Liam, you tricky guy. <laughs> apathy, it's like basically passiveness or lack of caring about what should normally be important to you. And he's saying, what is your tools that you have in your arsenal that can battle you kind of not caring about things? What am I not? Uh, so I'd like to ask him more detail about that because what am I not caring about? Because I think I over no, 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 about no. I, th I, think, I think the question is things that you should care about. If you ever find yourself not caring or feeling like you may not care about them as much as you should, like your friendship with me. If you don't care about that, how do you battle that? Or you're going to work or something that you should care about. Like, do you have like tools that you use? I'm like literally the only. The way that I interpret that question is, <clears throat> what tools do you use when not caring about things that other people care about? Is that right? 
I don't know. For me, it's like, what tools do you use when you're lacking drive? Lacking drive? Yeah, like, like, like something you should care about. Like, for example, your career. I don't know. We need a fucking... Okay, we're not smart so enough for this question, Liam. Jesus Christ. Should we, should we call Liam? We should call Liam on the... You want to try? Do you have a sonar? Yeah. So, I'm going to talk while we try to get Liam on the phone here. But, then you got to put on speaker so that we can talk. <sighs> What I'm uh, so to me the okay so at, no 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 after you explain that the way that I'm interpreting this question is when you're lacking motivation how do you push yourself to continually be motivated that's what I think too is this your first time having call a friend on this is gonna be so good if he answers I hope he answers Liam answer. <laughs> no, uh, Liam didn't no. answer. Listen. So we're gonna have to interpret it. So I'm gonna say, based on Liam, I'm gonna guess that the question was asked in a way that, in times of less motivation, which happened for everyone, how do you push yourself to get more motivated? Would you agree? Yeah, like, man, is is there a possibility Liam's smarter than both of us? Like, how the fuck does he oh, know what I guarantee he's smarter than me. Apathy is I, lack of feeling, I don't emotion, know many... interest, or concern about something of great importance. And he said, ask him what his best tool to fight career slash life apathy is. It's, ugh, it's a really difficult thing for me. Honestly, I just keep thinking big picture. And that is how I battle through... Because a hundred thousand fucking percent that I have moments of weakness or moments of less motivation. It doesn't seem like it's outsiders, if I may uh, say so. Oh, hundred percent, man. And when I started in the business, Jamie was so clear about... <clears throat> he made these comments to me so early on that you will understand the cycle of the business. You will understand the different times of year of the business. And you'll take advantage of slow periods. You won't. You don't know it right now. It might take you a few years, but you'll understand eventually. And I completely understand now. So, <clears throat> like in August, December, early January, there's moments where it's very slow, and you just learn to enjoy it. But there's always times throughout the year where I'm less motivated, or I wake up <clears throat> and I'm tired, or hungover or <laughs> whatever right but what gets me through those times is what i'm assuming this question is about and it's long-term goals it's just understanding that all right i thought this thing was beeping but the batteries are still up full full blast uh, so the fireside chat isn't your your normal chat for your your podcast let's finish this comment and then we'll talk about the fire because the fire is burning bright right now uh, it's uh, it's long term goals. It's understanding that I'm I'm. It's the reason I picked the name for the podcast Zero to Here. Like I'm not where I want to go. I'm not where I want to be. I'm on this crazy journey to somewhere, and I have this idea of what it's going to be like when I get there. But I'm nowhere near. And waking up feeling lazy or tired or whatever, I always think about you know what it comes back to too is that line that I heard when 
I was a kid at a basketball camp is that every single day you get better or worse. There's no such thing as being in between. They're staying the same. Yeah, I've heard that before too. It's called the shit string. If you're not climbing, you're sliding down. Mm-hmm. So that that's something I think about all the time. All, literally all the time. Like weekly. Is that like if I have a lazy day or feel like I'm being lazy a day, I'm like, I don't want to get worse today. I need to get better. So it refocuses me. Again, I would love Liam to call us Listen, back. Listen, at some point... And I'm going to send him a text right now. Oh, no, my phone's over there. Can yeah. you send him a text? You're saying, Denny and Alex want you to call us in the next 30 minutes. Otherwise, you're going to be... No, no. Let's not threaten Liam. He's a good guy. Um, I like Liam. I'm such a good dude. Yeah, he is a great dude. Um, I actually love him, too. Like, I've just met him in the last six months. He's just such an incredible person. Um... Okay, let's move on to this next one. Okay, how much time do we have left, by the way? Unlimited. Really? This this uh, recorder that is actually awesome um, has a maximum capacity of 48 hours. Damn. So we're at an hour 12. An hour 12, because I don't really want to go too long. But Fuck like, it, let's okay. do it. Okay. What time is it? Your phone, my phone's over there. It's 6.20. Yeah, we. I don't need to go to bed till midnight, so... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't have to leave till eight. <laughs> Guys, get, get comfortable. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Uh, there's a, there's a couple things I want to go over before we before we end it. Okay. One of them is kind of this like big thing I want to talk about. One of them is a couple small questions okay. that people have asked, and some of them are like questions from let's say fans. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm in. First of all, personal question: Why? You know, I think you are fucked. You think you're fucked. Why are you so weird with compliments? What, where did that start? I don't know where exactly, but I remember as a kid in athletics being given compliments after sporting event. Like it was mostly basketball that I can remember. I just had this weird standard of myself. So I always, I've talked about this before, but like I always looked towards a almost not necessarily unachievable, but like a really, really high goal. So, like, when I was a kid, I wanted to play in the NBA. Is it unachievable for a white kid from Canada? No. Is it ridiculously rare? Yes. But I had this weird goal. I wanted to be in the NBA. So, like, when people came up to me when I was in grade 7, be like, oh, you had such a great game. In the back of my head, I'm like, I'm not comparing myself to other grade 7 kids. I'm comparing myself to this crazy standard. Huh. I think that's where it came from, and Seems a bit to extreme, me, but okay, yeah. When I look back at so my you're own, a seven year old kid comparing okay. yourself to any no not NBA grade seven, athletes, not comparing myself to grade seven athletes, but no or, or NBA athletes, but knowing that I wanted to get there eventually. So knowing that if I wanted to get there, I had to be so much better than I was that day. So what was my comment? I had a really, really. Uh, the question is weird with compliments. The uh, yeah, okay. So question is Denny. As a kid, I was really intro- introverted. Is a weird word because it's defined so differently by different people. But I was. That's what Megan said in her. I podcast. was not super talkative and outgoing. I loved playing sports. I felt very comfortable in sports. I did not feel that comfortable in big social situations. Oh, dude. Which I'm more comfortable now, but still. 
that's one thing I really want to get better at. Okay, wait, wait, so, wait. I, I need on. to pause let you for finish. one second. Please okay. let me pause you for Fine. one second. I've always felt, because I've this is something I've thought about, but I didn't write down on my little notes. Um, for me, being good at sports was a way to be more social because everyone likes someone who's good at sports. Hmm. And you said that you would miss parties when you were younger, uh, miss going out with friends and stuff because yes. you were focusing on sports. Yes. So... I guess our, our motivations were different, but like being good at sports, you're always going to be social because people are always going to like you. But that wasn't Even my goal. Even if you're a weird little fuck, they're still going to like you if you're good My goal wasn't to use sports for social status or whatever. My goal with sports was to get to a ridiculous level. But why? Because even if you're a professional, then you're like a king. You can have anything you want. You have all the money in the world. I didn't know about that, right? Like when we were kids, we didn't have social media. We didn't have like stat like I didn't even understand what status was but then what was your drive to be people were famous and in movies but and I knew that like Michael Jordan was famous he's really good at basketball like my goal was to be the best basketball player it wasn't to be a famous athlete interesting okay I used that goal to be the best basketball player as motivation so if I look at like a Friday night and all my friends are going over to someone's house to drink beer when they're 17 I had a, at that point in my life I think I'd had like three beers well you've sh- you certainly caught up haven't you <laughs> <laughs> thank you Alex <laughs> I do enjoy beer now but I looked at it as like I don't know fuck man it's like what's the alternative like if I go there and I go drink beer and I come home however my mom's gonna be mad at me and I'm not going to get better at basketball that day. Whereas if I just go home and go outside and shoot for four hours, I'm going to get better at basketball, all right? comes back to that weird thing in my head where, like, you either get better or worse every day. Right. Are you going to get better or worse? The if shit. I go to the party yeah, and the drink, sh- yeah. I'm going to get worse. If I go home and play basketball, I'm going to get better. That is such a, like, a mature thing to think, though. At 17, who's thinking about that? Man? I don't know, man. It was weird. I don't, I don't know. know where, like, people ask me where it came from. Where does that mindset come from? I have no idea. Is there a possibility? I can explain what I'm thinking at times. And when I go through a situation, what do I think that makes me make a decision? But where does it come from? I don't know. Upbringing, like how amazing my mom was. I I don't know. Uh, You'd have to think. I had all those things. So like I was super lucky in that way. But like, I don't know what the deciding factor of making me think the way I think came from. We got off on a tangent there. The original question was, why are you weird with compliments? Uh, you got like so halfway the, there. And the, overall, the overall answer to this is I hold myself to a standard that I'm not at yet. So getting a compliment along the way to me is not deserved. I understand so, what you're saying. And it's not that it's not because it's welcomed, someone else's standard. Not, yeah, I get exactly. That. It's yeah. not that it's not welcomed or appreciated because it's extremely appreciated. Like all these like private DMs that I'm getting about f- my fitness videos and what like anything are so appreciated and really humbling to hear. And all of them continue to push me and push me forward. But at the same time, in in my head, I'm like. I'm so far away from where I want to be. Dude, I totally get it. Basically, what you're saying is like, so for example, it's not that they're not appreciated. It's it. not that they're not welcomed. It's just 
I don't deal with them as other people deal with them because of these weird no, ideas in my head. I get it. So it it's and it's so personal. This is what it's like. It's it has like, nothing to do with other people. Like if you or Sally, Gary V. Sally, or fucking Bill down the street. The Joneses. It doesn't matter. Like it has nothing to do with who they are or what they're saying. It's just what's going on in my head. I think the way I, like in my head, the way I think about your lack of appreciation of compliments. It's not, I wouldn't say lack. To me, in my shoes, looking out of my eyes, I would say I appreciate them. I'm not as excited about them as most people want me to be. It's like this, man. It's like you are a sprinter and you win the BC games and everyone's like, oh my God, Danny, you're so fast at running. And you're like, yeah, I'm trying to be, beat Usain Bolt. Like, I don't really care about how, like I, I'm fast. And I beat all these guys in Vancouver, but like I'm trying to be the best of the best of the best. Is that is that fair? I think that's fair. Works in my head. It's hundred percent fair. But I'm not trying to be the best of the best of the best. I have these just weird things in my head where I think I can get to. And so I'm not really trying to like let's say I'm a sprinter. I'm not trying to beat Usain Bolt. I'm just trying to get to this image in my head where I think I can get to. Mm. Based on who I know I am. That's a way and, better way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um Question that's not even on here. Look, now you look at this. Just for the record, I'm never going to be Usain Bolt. No, yeah, you're definitely not. Even if that guy in that weird little uh, dude, I could be on a crazy moped thing that yeah. ran him over the other day. Remember the Olympics? Someone ran him over. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the mascot. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. The, what is that two wheel whatever thing? Uh, did you ride? Didn't you steal one in San Francisco or no, San Diego? I've never stolen anything. Segway. 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 Yes. Yeah. Um. Are you ever going to have Jamie on your podcast? It's the one person I've always wanted on your podcast because he's such a fucking interesting person. 100,000%. Because he's so, like, like he's in Jamie the will be on the podcast. Yeah. Jamie is such a unique human being. Like, it's like impossible not to have fun with that guy, you know? It's impossible to replicate that guy. He's just, There's he's a one. unique guy. Uh, his conversation, his podcast is going to be amazing. It's just, honestly, if, for me, I've thought about it a ton, and I know he's asked me a few times to be on it. I just haven't decided on exactly what route I want to go with his conversation so, because so, there, there, there could be thirty, there could be thirty conversations with Jamie. Like he is, you could talk about. Does your audience know who Jamie is? First of all, I, I think everyone knows who Jamie is. Jamie is my real estate partner. Jamie is the uh, co-owner of Steel and Oak with Jordan Foss, who was on the podcast. He is the definition of an entrepreneur. He is a uh, big mentor to me, and a, <laughs> I think he's a mentor to everyone. But he's in a just weird such a way, good dude. In man. such a weird way, he's such a mentor. Oh, he treats people so well. Like he's yeah, he he's a very grounded guy. He uh, oh, is like ridiculously. I don't know. How do you describe him in like words? I don't know. Outgoing. He is charismatic. I don't know. He's he's a, anyway. But he does you're some crazy. He does some crazy shit. That guy. Yeah, I just don't know what way I want the podcast to go yet. Okay, we won't get into him, it. We'll so get into it. I haven't had him on yet, but he he will be on in 2019, 100,000 percent. I just don't know if it's going to be March or October because I don't know exactly which way I want. Like he's he's a guy who wakes up at 6 a.m. and goes in his fucking 37 degree pool. Which is one degree Celsius? 37 degree Fahrenheit. Yeah. Which is one Celsius. I don't know. So just above three. freezing. Like, it is ice cold. And he just goes in there and takes selfie videos of himself. He's like, oh, oh, oh. 
it's cold do you remember when he had neil on oh my god neil is such a good guy client friend neil amazing guy <laughs> he selfie videos jamie's selfie videos himself he's like it's really cold but i brought my friend neil and he goes over to neil and neil looks like he's dead just floating his eyes are closed his yeah, it was closed. like six o'clock in the morning right in yeah. in canada in so vancouver funny. yeah because oh. another thing I, I found i don't know if you messaged this to me or where this came from but he was describing to you why he does it he goes in the pool then he goes in the hot tub and he's tricking his brain into thinking that he's dying is that right? Well, what he said was, it's an interesting area. It's like, it's the most epic experience of your life to trick your body that it feels like it's dying. The fuck? <laughs> I know. Jamie! Your body goes stop. into like sacrificial mode. Just like, how do we survive? Yeah. Fuck, okay. Let's move on to something completely new. Body temperature. What, 36 degrees is the normal body 86? temperature? 86? Fahrenheit. Yeah, 30. It was like, it's like 32 or 36 or something. Anyway, something Celsius. Jamie's jumping into a three-degree pool. <laughs> no shit, your body thinks it's dying. <laughs> yeah, it would definitely be 86 degrees Celsius, because then you're basically... No, no, no. I think yeah. it's 32 or 34. Yeah, or that makes like a lot that. of sense. Anyway. Um, okay. Let's move to like questions from fans, maybe. Okay. Do you mind but, to take my phone? Is there anything yeah, you want to add for No, no, no. All I want to say was, Jamie will be on the podcast. Jamie, I love you. Uh, we're in... Maybe we'll talk about real estate. We'll talk about jumping in pools for some reason. We're going to talk about beer because we both love beer. Uh, and I don't know. Fucking Jamie has a lot of shit to talk about. Okay. Two questions for from Jonathan from Northern Alberta. This is a fan? This is a fan. Jonathan McGilvery. Great guy. Hey, Jonathan McGilvery. I love you. I know him personally. He's a good guy. Um... He wants to know, is the point of your podcast marketing to help yourself or to be self-reflective as something to intrinsically help yourself? Mm. What was the first part of that? Um, Hold on. Read the question one more time. Is your podcast, yeah. is the point of it for marketing okay. to help others, specifically people who are self-employed? Mm-hmm. So that's B. C, to help yourself in terms of being reflective like this is like therapy for you which you mentioned with megan point one in terms of marketing and helping self-employed people i think are two very different comments so i'd say marketing myself zero like very little um do i think i have some experience and do i think i'm able to connect with people who have experience that can add value to self-employed people yes but to market myself no um like i talk about i've talked to my dad a few times my dad is a really old school business guy sure is so i told him a couple months ago i was starting a podcast and he's like what's it about and so i give him a little recap talking to entrepreneurs whatever people that I want to learn about to share experiences and he's like is that making money for you and and my initial my exact response was like what the fuck like how is what I just said talking about making money like has nothing to do with making money all it is is sharing experiences of my what I've gone through business wise personal wise and those of really interesting hardworking people that I've met along the way met or not met reach out to a shit ton of people on Instagram that are going to be coming up in 2019 and that's going to be really exciting but 
I think it's a little bit of both. It's not marketing myself. I don't think at all. That was never the goal. I think uh, sharing experience and helping early entrepreneurs in their journey, yes, that was a big part of the goal. And then the second part of that question was? Uh, there's A, B, and C was to help your – C is reflective, help yourself. Uh, yeah, I think, it's, I, think, I think it's educational for me. I like connecting with people that have – that are open about talking about their experiences, whether their business, whether they are personal upbringing, whatever. I think I learn best by communicating, not reading about or watching stuff. Okay. Wow. That was great. Um, so Jono's second part of his question. Why do you shit on education? Jono. I love Jono. Jono's a, such a good dude. He's probably the best human I've ever heard. thanks for listening to the podcast. I do not shit on education. You have to keep the, like, understand the context. The context is my world, my experience with education. Education was not helpful for me. I learned, I learned very, very early on, very early on in high school, that education was not going to get me to where I wanted to be. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just felt like... Nothing that I was experiencing was practical. It was philosophical. It was like mythical. It was these like reading about things is very different than doing things. Like the Pythagorean theorem. I've never fucking used that thing once since grade 10. There's a lot of shit that goes on in high school and university that you spent a shit ton of time on that is completely useless. So my comment about education and... My thoughts on education is that for someone like me that wants to be self-employed, that wants to build a business, it is useless. Because I, like it has no practicality. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So, like, I, understand. I understand there's so much need for it. I understand that lawyers and doctors and... Accountants. Like any high-level professionals... They need a lot of schooling, and I know that they need the practical, like the the knowledge to be able to do the job. But what I'm saying is that the system fucking sucks, and the way that information is given to people is horrifying. It needs like how long has the system been in place? 150 years. I don't know about that long. You mean as a university, as a business, Correct. basically? It's like you pay us tens of thousand dollars to come out of university and make 40 grand so a year. What, what it, people, it is pretty okay. fucked up, yeah. The misconception about education is that university is a is a goal to get to. University is this like privileged thing where they are helping your career. Look at it the other fucking way. It's the best business in the world. They have convinced the population the whole population that this is a good idea. It's like Coca-Cola convincing the population that drinking six Cokes a day is a good idea. It's not the same thing, but I understand. It's an idea. It's a business, right? The business model is perfect. It's It's a business. Yeah. Everyone grows up saying I need to go to college and then they, these young kids get into 50, 70, a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt to go to college. 
And then to be out in the real world and be like, oh shit, what do I, what the fuck do I do now? Just like Steve on your podcast left, got a, he got a, a what well, he had a major in econ. Yeah. Goes out, goes to sign up for a bank, realizes, holy fuck, I know absolutely nothing about banking. I'm going to have to lie through my teeth, use my power words in my interview. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, again, I totally get that. Yeah. To direct this directly, Jono, I, I agree with the idea of education. I feel like the way that it is given to individuals is poorly done. I feel like there should be more practical knowledge given rather than... What are you smirking about? Sorry, I just got another question. (laughs) It's funny. I feel like there needs to be more practicality within university rather than reading books. I feel like reading books and talking at the front of a classroom doesn't do anything for you professionally. You get out of university and you're lost. So I, I would have found a lot more value personally with university, which I did not graduate from. Uh, if I was taught about money and investments and like what a mortgage is and like how to invest taxes are a bitch eh? what the fuck I taxes wish someone are talking like, about taxes you don't learn any real practical knowledge you learn this philosophical these ideas about things that's a great answer I, I totally agree you wanna know who this next question's from it's kind of random okay Phil and uh, Ryan Porter from our soccer team Holy shit. Okay, just... <laughs> can you give some context on these dudes? They're fucking like, beauties. This could go literally anyway. This could be asking me about drugs, which I don't do. No, this no, could, no, no. Like, this, 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 is, this could literally go anyway. Yeah, this is a fair play question. Uh, they notice you take in more of a life coach motivational role, role on your podcast. Not at all. In my uh, opinion. Curious mm-hmm. if you see your, yourself moving away from real estate and more into something more like Gary Vee, more into coaching, more into business running than your actual job as a realtor. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ryan and Phil, for that. Are Phil Mandich? Yeah, that shit. Just now? Yeah. I didn't even listen to the podcast. Shout out to uh, Phil Ryan. and Ryan. Uh, life coach, no. I've never thought, thought of myself as a motivational speaker or life coach type person. Um, I don't know. Literally, what the podcast is for me is sharing experiences and how I deal with situations and how other people deal with situations. So, what I have found a lot of value in in the last year ish is having a lot of knowledge in the real estate industry in buying and selling real estate and educating younger people on that knowledge so makes sense yeah i don't think i'm motivational at all i think i'm sharing my story I and think you're people, naive if you think you aren't motivational if people find that as motivational excellent all i'm trying to do is explain how i think about things because it works for me if it doesn't work for you great figure out what works for you if one thing i say can add value to you that is what motivates the fuck out of me nice nice Great answer. Like when Luca, like literally, I go back to this comment. Lucas comments and says, how do I get all the knowledge out of your head into my head? And I had no idea before he said that. But after he said that, I I was like, I've been in the industry for three and a half years. I've done like 350 deals. That's a lot more than most people do in 15, 20 years. 
So yes, I've seen a lot. I've, I've, I've learned a shit ton, but am I going to get a real estate? No, I love real estate so much. I like helping people a lot. I like the creative aspect of real estate. I like the development aspect of real estate. I like how many different avenues you can go down in the, in this industry. And no, I don't see myself ever being outside real estate. I see myself pursuing other things, but always being involved in real estate. Unreal. Thank you, Ryan and Philip, for that question. Um, can I think throughout your entire podcast, there's been like this underlying question. Okay. I think you know where I'm going with this. I have no idea where you're going with this. Your divorce. Okay. Because you talk about it as a point of, uh, I don't know. It was it, it was really shitty, man. Um, Depends how you look at it, though. You can look at it as shitty, and you can dwell, and you can be upset about it, or you can look at it as the most amazing, positive, learning experience of all time. Dude, it was it was. And shitty. I have an idea. I have a really, really good idea, and one day, I'm going to write a book. Really? Yeah. And Interesting. Did be... you say books are too uh, filtered? Well, it's going to be an audiobook, basically, of course. Like, I'm just going to be speaking you, into a microphone. Can you even type? <laughs> <Right now. laughs> I don't even know. I can read. No, I'm just kidding. I can read. I can read. I'm just not a quick reader. <laughs> and not that, like, the title defines what I'm actually trying to explain, but, like, the title of something like, Everyone Needs to Get Divorced. And not that that is what I actually mean, but more just, like, what to learn from a negative experience as megan would say the big t correct large trauma so the idea of the story obviously from my experience is going to be around a relationship that went sideways but the fair to say the what i'm trying what i want people to get from it is just to see the big picture pull the positives from any negative situation and make or help or use those positives to help you not make the same mistakes again. Okay. I'm so glad you said that because that leads directly to everything I want to say. First thing I want to say is that in the last couple weeks, I've had multiple friends go through, I'd say significant breakups. Today I found out about a terrible one where my, one of my best buddies found out his girlfriend of two years who wanted to marry her. She was cheating on him. He's yeah. fucking pissed, right? He's like, oh my God, this sucks, which it does suck. And I, I promised him that I would ask you some questions tonight because I think that how you went through it was basically like almost textbook, like the best you could possibly do when life essentially just beats the piss out of you. I, I know, don't, don't be modest and don't, it's not a compliment. I'll, my my initial reaction is everyone is going to deal with it differently. The way that I deal with it is not going to be beneficial for someone else. You need to figure out how to deal with it on your own. It's shitty. 100,000% it's shitty. It was fucking terrifying for me. I but I dealt with it the way that I deal with like the way that I figured out that it would be beneficial for me. When I found out like the details of what happened, I thought it was genuinely, and I only thought it for like a day, so don't don't think I don't believe in you, but I thought it was kind of like the end of the Denny Dumas we knew. I'm like, this is going to fucking destroy this guy. He's fucked. He's done. That's what I thought for one day. What do you think now? Yeah, it took you like two and a half weeks to bounce back. It's incredible. Um, but I did think you were, I, I really did think that. I'm like, there's no way a man in 2018 
can recover from this type of hurt. I'm like, that is some fucking crazy shit. And like the fact that like two and a half weeks later, you're like back hanging out with friends, working. Like for me, I was going through a breakup at the same time. I'm like, holy shit, my breakup is so easy. Before this happened, I was like, oh my God, my heart is so broken. How will I ever recover? Then after this, I'm just like, oh yeah, I got it okay. I'm not too bad done. Um, I don't know how that how you take that. I'm hoping Carl can edit the shit out of this if you don't like this, but um, I, I think I think your outlook on this stuff is going to be super helpful. Not only to because your your audience is very geared towards what I think young, hardworking people who want to kill it. Whereas, I wanted to be specified into like the entrepreneurial. Yeah, that's world. why I love when he had Megan on, right? Because it was like so different. I want it to be people sharing experiences that can add value to people's lives, regardless of whether you are an entrepreneur, you're an athlete, you're what I like. I don't care. But if you're just a normal dude, I work at Tim Hortons. Okay, so what I my life. what I genuinely really like is people that are willing to share. People that are vulnerable, people that are open, people that are honest, that can share their experience, because I think everyone has experience that can add value to other people's lives. Okay. Regardless is- of whether, look at the people on our panel, like who who, is, who have been on the podcast, right? Someone who, like Tegan, who is like fearless and optimistic. Someone who is like Mandy, who is like optimistic, enthusiastic, like go, go, go. Someone who is like Megan, who is extremely vulnerable, so self-aware, but like suffering inside. Someone who is like Jordan, who is just like, fuck it. I have a good idea about a beer company. Let's just do it. Right. Yeah. Fearlessness, I guess is the word, but like people who are open to share their experiences because they can add value to other people. Okay. But this is why I'm asking you this exact question is because I think it asks, it it adds a lot of value to other people because it added value to me and it can add value to my other friends. who I said, I'm happy to answer any question. Okay. You probably don't have a strategy. You probably just kind of live through it. I'm Mm -hmm. guessing. But looking back, like, how did you find any sort of positive in a situation that was so, so dark? And directed kind of like it was it was a shit shit hand you got dealt. How do you find positive in that? I could talk a lot, a long, long time about this. So can you specify like an area? Like July when I found out, or March when I moved out, or You found out July? Yes. When shit started going sideways like two and a half years ago, like Um, I in my head I always thought that you found out right before you moved out. Really? Hmm? Wow. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, that kind of shuffles things up. So you find out and you're stuck in the situation. How do you not leap off the balcony? Because like that would be, I think, a lot of people's first reaction. Like, wow. everything. So you're about July. Yeah. July of 2017, I think. Uh, nope. 2018. July 2018. Oh, that's right. Because you moved out before you found out. Moved out in March. That's right. Okay. Let's go to July 2018 then. Okay. How do you not, like, I'm thinking of my my close friend who I Mm -hmm. talked to today and who's going through this. How do you not um, get, like, how how do you not just quit? I thought about it. Really? I thought about jumping off the balcony. No shit. 100%. No shit. I think it's natural for anyone to think that. Fuck it. Not that, not that. I would ever actually do it. I actually did that thought cross my mind. Yeah. And did I compare the pros and cons of 
jumping off the balcony? Yes, 100%. 100%. It's not hard for me to admit because I think it's normal. I think anyone going through that would think about something like that. Whether you execute it or not is a completely different story. Whether you have the power to ex- execute it is completely different. So, <clears throat> like I bring it back to this stupid point is what is my alternative? So, my alternative I to, thought you were gonna say this. to how I dealt with it the alternative is I could dwell. I could be really upset. It's going to affect my business. It's going to affect my personal life. I'm not going to be social. It's going to affect my friendships with my friends. It's going to affect my relationships with my family. Like every single, every single step that I go down on that side. So I, I think of it as two sides on that side is negative. I don't like that. I don't like that my friendships could be hurt. I don't like that my relationships with my family could be hurt. I don't like that I'd be cooped up in my apartment, sad, crying for months, whatever, however long time it takes to get over it. I don't like that side. I don't like, I don't want to see myself like that. So I say, this is the way I want to go. I I want to learn from it. I understand that I put myself in a serious situation. It's a Gary Vee quote, man. It's the yeah. fucking definition of the Gary Vee quote. It's funny you mentioned Gary Vee because before that all happened, I felt that a lot of what you said was kind of like just re... Is it reiterating? Reiterating? Reiterating. Is that the word? Sure. What Gary Vee said. I feel like this, like this. And then when I saw it in action, because like I was like, wow, this guy's fucking done. There's no chance he's going to recover from this shit. And then it it was like very simple ideas like one of the things you talk about all the time is learning from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like a baby touching a, a hot stove and he's never going to touch that fucking ho- stove for the rest of his life. He learns. That's it. Not going to touch it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and you were basically living, like you weren't being what we talked about earlier about someone who has a motivational quote and they love it and they just read it. You were kind of living what you spoke. For my eyes, in the first time I've seen personally because to watch someone actually live that kind of shit you're just like holy fuck that's a i don't know i think i said this i said this to you going through because for me it was three days really i felt that it took you about two weeks to go from absolute rock bottom to on top of the world again Uh, again like compliments with me i feel like i'm nowhere near the top of the world so what, when I look back, I see finding out the day that it happened, three days of, of shit. It was like... Yeah, it's pretty shitty, yeah. Constant. I, I literally didn't take off sunglasses for three days. That was shitty, man. In the house. I know, it was shitty. Dude, I, I, you, you said you were here. Own, yeah, I know. It's, it's not fun, <laughs> yeah. But like, there, there are many people in the world, me and Steve talked about this many times, hmm. uh, by the way, in case you didn't know, me and Steve talked about this while it was happening. Not not behind your back, but Fair like, like I don't give a shit. Yeah, like, honestly, I want because he, he he's the way I think about it, though, Alex. This is the way I think about it. It's a shitty experience. It's something that I think a lot of people go through. It's something that I think a lot of the people that go through it. I don't think a lot of people go through it, but okay. Let, hold on. I think a, a, a not maybe to your a lot extent is a yeah. small number or is a overstatement, but people go through this shit. I think most people who go through it are embarrassed and unwilling to talk about it. I am over the top excited to talk about it because of how 
much it's pushed me forward. I don't think anyone can deny that. Like that is definitely exactly what the fuck happened. It's like like holding someone back, but the further you pull them back, you don't even know they're on a slingshot. As soon as you let the motherfucker go, he's gone. <laughs> you know? Like me and Steve, I remember us talking about being like, how is this man going to ever trust women again for the rest of his life? How is he going to... And he was generalize saying how he knows them. people who are 50, 60 years old and they, they resent women for the rest of their life. And you, it took like literally 16 days. People die with this kind of resentment. I had a unique experience though that it wasn't... Like it wasn't like a shock to me. I was... I'd suspected for a mm-hmm. long time. We Fuck. we had a year and a half of shit, right? Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't like this is brand new. I was preparing myself for this for a long time, and it was, of course, there's a shock in re- in the realization of you were right. It actually happened. Yeah, yeah. And all my suspicion was true, but I was lucky in the f- lucky in the fact that I like suspected and knew. That this was a viable option. It's like anyway, when people like, are very prepared uh, to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they're prepared for a family member to die. Yeah, it helps them a lot. Opposed to if someone dies in a car accident, it's very sudden. It's like much more like jolting. You don't have time to kind of. That's grow. a great exa- exact example. Yeah, yeah. I guess what I'm kind of asking you is because I know that there, I'm 100 percent sure there are at least five people listening right now who need help and they want to kind of know what steps can they take to recover from let's say what Megan would say is a big team big trauma you're the king of bounce back how do you how do we help these people there's is there no way I don't know the answer to that because I think it's different for everyone I think um, for me it was looking at the big picture it was I'm 28 years old I have this stupid, weird idea in my head that I'm going to live till 113. So when I look at the big picture... That is such an arbitrary it's number, It's a quarter of my life, right? How did you come up with that number? It's 25% of my life. It's a number that stuck out to me that I think is achievable. Yeah, you've been saying it's that like, for about a year. It's the same thing in real, like real estate. When I talk to you about my goal for year two, I want to do 40 deals. Where did that come from? I don't know. It's not like four a month would be 48, right? Three a month would be 36. It's yeah. in the middle. It's 40. I don't know. Where'd that number come from? I don't know. That's I want to do more than three a month, right? Like, I don't know. 113. I think I lived to 113. It was 28. Sure, it's going to be a shitty year figuring out all the bullshit. Um, but, like, when I'm 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, and I look back at, like, how much better this experience has made me, I think it has a lot more pros and cons. And I, so the advice from my perspective and what has helped me to the people that are hurting right now is to look at big picture is to understand that this is a really short term suffering short term, meaning even like short term could be a year. Short term could be two years for some people. For me, it wasn't that long. But still, there's like moments of weakness where you think about it or like imagine something in your head and it brings back a a really bad memory. And that was a while ago for me now. But think about a big picture, pull the learning experiences, 
understand that your life is dependent on your decisions alone and not anyone else's and what other people decide to do can give you learning experiences along the way but is definitely not going to define you long term that's really good advice and I really hope the people who are hurting like, are listening to that because I, honestly you know the if, feeling if someone is going through this bullshit right now I would encourage them to reach out to me because I'd love to go for coffee with them and yeah. share my shit regardless of whether it's helpful or not I know the way that I dealt with this stuff is unique and I I totally understand that and I know that other people don't deal with it this way but like I'm happy to share my shit yeah because it seems like you kind of went through unscathed almost uh, I wouldn't say that I know what you mean but like from like you know when you're in this shit how bad it feels mm-hmm. like man how many times have we broken oh, for me personally I probably had like six serious relationships every time like this is it guys I'm fucking done you know and then the next one comes along but it's like a matter of just getting through that short term pain mm-hmm. totally aware of that big picture big picture 100% Okay, last question I have for you. Wait, is this the last question I have for you? No, second last question I have for All you. Right. Um, someone wanted to ask, you always preach positivity, which will be the last question. But the second last question is, what are traits that you find in people that are, are not admirable? Negative traits. Like, what are your top three things that a human can possess as a trait? <laughs> Like for, for example, me, people who are jealous, I think it's the worst. I think jealousy is a cancer. I think it all, but all of those, in my mind, all of those negative traits boil down to one topic, which is insecurity. So if people are insecure, they're jealous. If people are insecure, they're entitled. Like entitlement breeds insecurity. And so to me... Dude, that is wise as shit. It's difficult to say traits because like I have friends that are... Like, again, what I love is when people are self-aware enough to understand what makes them happy and what doesn't. So whether you want to work 20 hours a week or 90, it doesn't matter to me as long as you understand what works for you and you're happy with. So what, I guess I'd say a trait that turns me off that would not want to make me continue a friendship or like have a conversation with you is entitlement is just like assuming that the world owes you shit because that the seems world to be a owes big you thing. fucking nothing that seems to be a right? big thing going forward especially with younger people a lot of entitlement like yeah, I I am but that's this that's the cancer in my opinion that is the cancer of society and it doesn't matter if it's millennials or people that were born in 1950 it's the same bullshit if you're entitled, you're fucked from the beginning. So I am here. I deserve this. Basically. Correct. Yeah. You deserve absolutely nothing. I, I, I completely agree. You don't have to tell me. Like, you know, no, like, even if you work really hard for 20 years, you deserve nothing. Um, Unless that's Liam. That's not Liam. Okay. It's someone from Duncan, British Columbia. I like Duncan. Oh, my sister lives in Duncan. They're the world's biggest hockey stick in Duncan. I can't say three things. I would say the overall thing that turns me off is entitlement. Hmm. Okay. 
honestly, that, that for me, that is three things. Like that is fucking huge. people that use the quote, but that's not fair. Pisses the fuck out of me. Nothing is fair. Yeah, man. I, I don't know how to connect with that type of person. There's a lot of those type of people. I just think uh, I'm just like praying for them. Like, you know what, man? You can do it. I want to understand it, though. I Like, I want to go into their mind and figure out why is this happening? Because it's detrimental to the rest of your life. You're going to be miserable for the rest of your life if you, like, if you, if the main personality trait of you is entitlement you're fucked yeah you're pretty fucked 100 totally fucked that is what uh you did uh, a recap of your jordan peterson experience mm-hmm. like yeah a lot of university students these days are like you know we deserve this it's like you know you don't you know deserve fuck all you gotta kind of work for it you know like it's it, it takes a bit of work um i don't want that to deflect from my last point okay you speak all the time maybe my favorite thing you speak about number one is definitely how you always force me to think about not force but you tell me to be uncomfortable or comfortable being uncomfortable that's my favorite thing you've taught me Mm -hmm. but another thing you talk about is the power of positivity Mm -hmm. how positivity always wins can you like expand on that at all like it goes back to the same shit though Alex it's what is the alternative? If I'm thinking about negative, if I'm thinking about like what is the worst case scenario in a situation, I'm not going to do it because that terrifies the fuck out of me, right? But if I think about what is the most optimistic, positive thing that could happen in a situation, so like I was not an outgoing child. I was not a social person at all. And that was the biggest thing that I hated about myself. That was the biggest thing I wanted to improve. And in the last few years, I've gone out of my way like you said, like I talk about, to make myself uncomfortable on purpose so that I get comfortable in more situations. Mm. So put my, like, I've said this before, but like, go to a weird realtor event and when when a developer is asking you questions about development, put up your hand, be the first person to stand up and talk. They're like, what are what are buyers looking for in this neighborhood? What price points should we be at for this? What units do they want here? Put my hand up. I know New West better than anyone. Like, but the, the goal as is, well as that is else. to put yourself outside your comfort zone. Is that right? Correct. It reminds me of when you had Liam on and he cold called that Chinese woman who owned the house mm-hmm. and he's trying to, you know, get in as a realtor. And she's like, are you a realtor? He's like, yes, ma'am. I'm a realtor mm-hmm. from New West Minister. And she's like, fuck you. Like that. Every time I make a cold call now, which is something I'm normally very, very uncomfortable mm-hmm. with. I don't like it. I always think of that story and I always think of how that helps me mm. to, to chase being uncomfortable. I think it's fucking hilarious what happened to that guy. One thing I tell myself all the time is, is no one is built biologically better than anyone else. And Maybe that's untrue because I don't know the science behind it, but it's something I tell myself is that we all start equal. Some people push themselves and keep pushing themselves. Other people are scared and they just stay. For example, if you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, you continue to get more comfortable with more situations. Cold calling, prospecting, door knocking in a 
entrepreneurship type role. It's not the fun stuff. Yeah. It's so shitty. Yeah, it sucks. Anyone that tells you that they love it, it's because they're mentally fucked and they're telling you that they love it. They do not love it. No I, one loves it. I totally agree. It's no one very, it. very difficult. Walker Dare, who fuck Walker. Fuck you, Walker. No, he Walker is such a good dude. I love Walker. He says that he door knocks two to three hundred doors a day when he started. That is insane. He does not like it, but it's something that in his head he figured out. I want to get to this goal of selling this many houses a year, whatever. This is the way I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter if like 300 people yell at me. If I do 301 doors and the one out of 301 says yes, they want a list. Great. I had a successful day. doesn't matter that 300 people yelled at me and swore at me. That is, in my opinion, the complete opposite of entitlement. This is a dude who just will hustle his to work ass, ass off, off man. Yeah. Like he will get he'll get yelled at and like fucking shit on all day instead of being like, "Oh my god, I had six doors today and I had no responses." Fuck life. He this fucking guy is out there knocking on 300 doors trying to get one lead. The guy's hustle is incredible. It inspires me, man. I I, I get on the phone, I'm like, "Call, click, bang. Okay. Nice. Call, click, bang. Okay." Walker did 300 of this motherfuckers. I can do at least 100, you know? Exactly. Cool, man. Um, do you want to end this? You told me this is your show. So I said it when I couldn't introduce myself. What's the income that keeps happening over and over and over? The what? Income. What income? When you get a deal and it... Residual. Yeah, residual. So Gary Vee talks about this. He's like, a lot of people ask him like, how to build a residual income business. And he's like, go fuck yourself, motherfucker. He says that? Yeah. He's like, there's no such thing. He's like, what what image in your head Sorry, do you have it could of also successful called, people? So I think what you're, you think it's, uh, you're referring to passive income. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. So basically not having to work anymore, but having income yeah. come in. Yeah. He's like, no one that has ever been successful has not worked. Like you work your ass off. And you can get to a level where you can decide if you want to keep working your ass off or coast. But if you coast, you're likely going downhill because, again, as I started the podcast with, you're getting better or worse every day. There's no in-between. Whenever I think of passive income, the first person that comes to mind is the older dude who spends 186 days in Palm Springs. He owns the place that rents bicycle shops out of Stanley Park. And remember we golf with this guy? He uh, golfed with him. Yeah, and we we're sitting in the restaurant with him after the round of golf in Palm Springs. He's there like you can spend literally one day less than half a year in the United States as a visitor. And yeah, he at PJ West. PJ West. That's yeah. right. And he, but he's not getting better. He's coasting. Correct. He's coasting. So that's 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 declining. Yeah, but he still has a very healthy income stream. Yeah, he's again. I'm not judging anyone. All I'm saying is that there's no in-between. It's either you're getting better or worse. So the coasting is a gradual de- default. Or, or sorry, fall. fall. I, I believe so. In my personal opinion, like that's why I'll never retire. I will never retire. I will oh, always shit. work. Okay, last question. I will always work. Just let, oh, wait. Let me finish this point. I will always work. Because one, I love it. And it excites me. The opportunity to continue to grow excites me. But like, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of what my mind will do to me if I don't have shit to do. 
Is yeah. that weird? No, and that's why so many people who retire die within like two years. Like they it terrifies me. Yeah, it's I, I get it. I get it. I think that's probably my biggest fear. That, that's why when I, I asked you at the very beginning of the podcast, fears. what is your rank of motivations? And you said fulfillment and achievement. Yeah. The lack of that is what causes dudes to blow their heads off. 100%. Three years after they retire. They have nothing to achieve anymore. They're just like, well, I guess this is it. It's like, fuck. It's terrifying. There's nothing to chase, right? It's weird for a 29-year-old to think that, though. Normally, people get that when they're like 65. But I think it's advantageous to think long-term. If you're thinking short term, I think you're going to lose long term. Lose, lose, not lose. Lose is a negative term, but you're not going to do as well as you'd like to do if you're thinking really short term. Okay, last question. Okay, and I mean it seriously. Last question. I was asked this question when I was driving down with my dog Archibald and my mother who lives across the street from you. She wanted me to ask you this. Okay. Archie is a dog. (laughs) No. He's a mix of what? Uh, He's a half. (laughs) Archie is a dog. He's kind of fucked up that guy. He's a, he's a beautiful guy. He's such a good dude. He wags the fuck out of his tail. He's from the prisons of Mexico. He is half lab and half what I've been told the wiener dog. So he has a lab head and kind of a lab body on like a wiener dog type legs. I don't even know how to describe it. It's pretty fucking weird, but he's, he's a great guy. Anyways, he loves to sleep and cuddle and uh, lick himself. Okay. <laughs> so last question, Burn was asking me as we were driving down here, she said, can you ask Danny this? And okay. it was, remember I told you the other day that, uh, Goals are just dreams with a timeline. Dreams are unlimited. Okay. Sure. You know, but goals have a timeline to them. Sure. She kind of asked me, and I don't know how to ask it to you because I don't think she worded it that well, but That's okay. it's kind of like, where is the end for you? Like, when will you be just satisfied? I think that's the best part. I knew you were going to say this. It's the be- it's literally the best part. It's is never. It? It's never, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be when I'm 37. Or when I'm 119. Some people have goals. Like, I want to make six figures a year. Just hypothetically. Yeah. For some people, that is that what was, they want. That was a goal. It's a goal for all of us, right? And then when we get to it, it's like, okay, like let's go for maybe seven figures. And so for some people, it's like, hey, I want to be able to retire by 50. And for some people, it's like, hey, I want to be like really happy in this single aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. But like, it seems like for you specifically, like there's no real it, okay. ceiling. I know? describe myself. I've said this before people see it as a real negative and when i explain this to people they're like that's such a negative outlook but to me in my head it's the most positive outlook of all time is here we go when i get to something i know that i can get to the next thing so like it just keeps going so like it's not that i'm looking at other people to like aspire to it's not like i want to be the best Sure, yeah, I want to have the best real estate team in Greater Vancouver. But like, it's not like I want to be Ryan Surhat. It's not like I want to be Gary Vee. It's not like I want to be Jim Drew Living, like okay, the best yeah. investor that BC has ever seen. Like, it's not like those are my goals. It's just that I know that with the way that I think and with how hard I know I can work, I can always improve. And so when I prove my wrong, myself wrong and 
get to these goals that I think are farther away than than I get to them at, I just keep setting new goals. So when am I going to be happy? The answer to that is I'm extremely happy. Correct. Because I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Okay, so I want to recap this super quickly. So yeah. some people view happiness as a destination, where for you happiness is genuinely not being corny, but the journey. Help. You like happiness chasing. is self-awareness. Happiness is finding out what makes you happy. If if happiness is working a 40-hour-a-week job and every single weekend going to your cabin on the island or where, you know, whatever, do that. Like, do what... You get one fucking life. For me, I get 113 years to make myself happy. I'm doing what I want to be happy. What I want to be happy is hustle the fuck out of my life so that I can keep improving every single day. Amazing. That's okay. for me. It doesn't work for other people. I get it. And I, and again, 2019 goal, empathy. I, I want to understand more what other people think. But like, if you're the person who wants to like go to school for 14 years, become a doctor and then like work 40 hours a week and take the, relax the shit out of your weekends, do that. Like, that's amazing. That's going to make you happy. It does. If you want to shuck oysters, like I, Scotty Wolf is such a good, like impressive, charismatic, fun guy to talk to. Shuck oysters. Like this guy knows so much shit about oysters. Yeah, I know. I want to know so much shit about real estate I know, and growing weird. a business. That's what I want to do. Gary That's my says thing. that. He said, if you want to be an expert on cabbage, cap, is it called cabbage patch dolls? Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, he's like, yeah. be a fucking expert in that. Yeah. Do what you're passionate about. Do it. Scotty loved, he, he loved oysters. He loves oysters. And now he's a national oyster shucker. He just fucking did it, man. <laughs> I love it. Fuck. Okay, um, so now to end, do you plug me or do I plug you or do you plug yourself or do I plug myself? Carl's going to plug me so you can plug whatever you want. Fuck you want. I have no plugs. The only plug I'd like to say is uh, thank you for you from CMLS Financial who is a lender that I work with who provided me this swig uh, notebook to write down my notes on. Okay, that was the lamest fucking end of all time. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I love you all. I would love to hear your feedback. Comment on anything that I've said. I am super excited to share my experience, as you all know. Uh, comment. Hit me up on uh, Instagram. DM me. Can you plug me? If you want to know shit about mortgage and interest rate, no, I'm just kidding. He's not that boring. He does know a fuck ton about interest rates, though. Alex D'Angelo loves beer, really likes scotch. He is a dog lover. He wears weird fucking penguin sweatshirts. Uh, but he's really good at mortgages. <laughs> so there's one thing good at it's like loving dogs and fucking underwriting mortgages. Yeah, you man. give your own sign off. I would say uh, Instagram underscore Alex D'Angelo, Twitter D'Ange89, AlexD'AngeloMortgages at gmail.com. Ask me a question. Fucking right. What I'm excited about, guys, is this is just the beginning. This is my excitement. This is why I'm so excited whenever people talk to me about goals and like when Burn fucking talks to me, what, what is the end game? I get so excited. I'm so stoked about what the next however many fucking 83 years I have left is because I'm pumped I feel like I am just starting and I use this weird analogy in my life that I have 100 steps in my life and I'm on step 3 right now whatever that means I don't know what it means to other people to me it means that I'm just starting and I'm 
pumped and I'm more motivated than ever. I say that to you all the time. You do, yeah. It makes me feel like I'm like 80% of what you just said. I'm like, I want this all. Okay, but that's the thing. Why are you comparing yourself to me? I am me. I'm not comparing myself to you, and I'm not comparing myself to Gary Vee. I'm not comparing myself to whoever, Joe Smith. I'm Denny Dumont. I'm in the process. I feel like I'm pretty self-aware, but I'm in the process of figuring out exactly what makes me happy, and I'm just going to do that. Nice. Like the Gary Vee quote. Wake, what do you want to do every day for the rest of your life? Are you asking me? Well, it's like anyone. What do you want to do for the rest of your life? Fill in the blank. Do that. Do it. There's like 90% of the population who has like cannot connect with that idea though. I work at Starbucks. That's my mindset. I can't. Like, I work I can't. for like the government. I like lick stamps. But like, what do you like? It doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter that though. Like if you're. If your ultimate idea for the rest of your life is to go skiing every single weekend, do it. Find a job. Find something that you can do that will allow you to go skiing every weekend. That's it. If your motivation is not money, if your motivation is not like building a business, if your motivation is not having kids, like find your motivation and do that. It's not easy. It's not something that happens overnight. It's something that, not something that you can just it, think it, about easy, right now does it, right? and be like, okay, this is my motivation. It takes time. Figure it out. Don't be ex- don't like be impatient about it. Be patient. Figure out what motivates you, and do that. Right on, man. Four growler challenge to the end. Four growler challenge is coming up, guys. Seriously, check into four growler challenge. In my opinion, there's no fucking chance this happens. I really think I can do it. I know, and your <laughs> your confidence actually is inspiring to me because I think there's no chance. <laughs> Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Love you all. Hit me up on Instagram, Danny.Duma. I would love to hear your feedback. Later.